Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Friday, March the 18th, 2022. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. On today's episode, we have my man, Ethan Schiff, in the house to talk about a transformation journey that I think all of you can get something from. But before I kick into that, you guys already know the drill. This episode is brought to you by my homies at Athletic Greens, the one thing I take every single day and I never miss. If you guys struggle to eat enough fruits and vegetables, let's be real, even I do at times, especially the vegetables, because it's a lot to get, you know, five, six, seven servings of greens in every single day. This is the thing I take to kind of cover the gaps in my nutrition. Still eat real food, obviously, but if you guys do struggle with it, this is an easy solution to kind of get you where you need to be. Right now, we're giving away a year's supply of free vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order. The site is athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott to get hooked up with all the free stuff. This thing has 75 whole food ingredients is what it's made up of. You get probiotics in there, digestive enzymes. Again, it's just an easy solution instead of taking 14 different pills, especially you guys begin, you know, kind of your spring and summer travel, put the travel packs in your backpack or your suitcase, rip it, throw it in water, slam it. And at least that way, while you're crushing margaritas and eating complete trash, you're getting some micronutrients in your life. But if you've heard me talk about this, 460 sometimes maybe this is the first episode you've listened to and you want to try it before you buy it message us on the contact page youtube facebook wherever you can reach out to us all your mailing info and i'll have monica send you a free pack right to your front door to try no questions asked if you like it then you can get hooked up with all the free stuff from there again it is easily the best tasting greens on the planet um, i've tried them all and definitely it's the only one that I don't really dread uh, taking. I just throw it in a little bit of cold water, slam it, and I'm good to go. So if you guys want to try some, hit us up. We'll send it to you, and you'll be good to go. Otherwise, if you want to pick it up today, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott, and you guys are in a business. So with that said, we have my man Ethan Schiff in the house. Welcome, dude. Thank you. Excited to be here. Yeah. So for these guys who don't know you or anything about you, let's kind of go, uh, we'll go origin story. Uh, if it's upbringing, you want, you can go back a month, you can go back 25 years. It's as far back as, uh, as you want to go today. Cool. Yeah. Well, I, uh, grew up originally in Columbus, Ohio and, um, I've been there, been there a uh, cup for the Arnold. Oh, nice. A couple of times. It close, was close to Minnesota. Yeah. It's, uh, except less sunny. Yeah. It's so gray there. Is it yeah. all? Is it just the wintertime? It gets nice. Yeah. It gets nice. I don't mind Columbus. It's a cool. Columbus is great. Yeah. I love it. Underrated. Yeah. But um, yeah, so grew up in Columbus. And um, for me, you know, the way I was raised as far as food goes, and I've spent a lot of time kind of unpacking all of this, um, you know, we were kind of quote unquote typical Midwest suburban you know, healthy, good family, that kind of thing. But, um, you know, food was always a huge piece of our life. Uh, my mom was always kind of yo-yo dieting, trying different programs. She was a big uh, Jenny Craig person. My dad struggled with his weight. He uh, was 400 pounds when I was growing up. How tall? Um, Probably five. 10, 5'11". That's, five, 11. that's yeah. legit big. Yeah. No, he's not an offensive lineman. Shit. For, dude. No. Yeah. And, um, you know, 
I probably started dieting in middle school. You know, me and my brother do an Atkins diet together. Like, and it was just like food was a massive part of our life in every way. Um, and so from there, uh, again, started dieting kind of middle school through high school. I would always kind of lose weight, gain it back, lose weight, gain it back, uh, lose 20 pounds, gain 30 back, all this kind of stuff. And over many years, it escalated to the point where at my heaviest weight, I was 312 pounds. And that was while I was in college. So it was like sophomore year of college, 312. So you're like 20? Like 22, 23. When were you first, uh, like, noticed you were, like, a bigger kid? Like, for, like, kindergarten or, like, fifth grade, sixth grade? Probably, like, middle school. Yeah, fifth grade, sixth grade, that sort of thing. But it was nothing extreme. It was kind of like, oh, I'm chubby, but, like, my brother's chubby, and that's kind of how our family is. And, you know, it was very normal just, you know, eating fast food, take out every night. Um, you know, it wasn't anything extreme, but over the years, it just sort of, sort of crept up. And I think what was interesting was the narrative I'd been telling myself since middle school was, yeah, I'm just like a little chubby, I'm a little overweight, that sort of thing. And, you know, without realizing it, that's 10 pounds a year or five pounds a year, 10 pounds, 20 pounds. And then for me, when I went to college was when my weight kind of went crazy because that was the first time I was on my own. I went to school in Boston at uh, Berkeley College of Music, music school. And um, I gained 60 pounds my freshman year of college. Like, how does that happen? I guess I'll go back a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, we can. How do you, do you play sports as a kid at all? Are you active at all? So I played sports a little bit. I played football, uh, defensive end. I played basketball. I played soccer. I mean, nothing serious. It was like in middle school. Yeah. Um, starting in high school, I got much more into music. I was a drummer. Um, and I was doing all the music programs, but kind of put all my passion into that, stopped playing sports. And um, so, like so, any physical activity other than drumming? None. Zero. Zero. Oh, Whoa. zero. That's... That's where, it's, that's where it starts. Friends. Yeah, yeah okay. exactly. And so, again, at the time, I'm just like, oh, I love music. That's my full focus. And didn't really think about any of it. And um, So, in, like, yeah. high school, like, what's a, like what's an eating day, if you can remember? Like, because I used to eat, like, shit, too. So, like, <laughs> yeah. I think it's that, because how old are you? I'm 31 right now. Oh, man, yeah. So, even younger than me. Yeah. Um. But probably this, I'm interested to hear like what, what a normal yeah. kind of eating so like day was. High school, where it got really bad. I mean, high school, it was kind of fast food in the morning. Drove by McDonald's every day on the way to school. Oh, yeah. Got that every morning, unquestionably. Uh, McDonald's in the morning, some sort of either cafeteria food or um, we were allowed, I think junior and senior year, you were allowed to like leave the school and go out for lunch, which yeah. was like the big reward. Same for us. Yeah. Yep. So that was usually either uh, Chinese food, pizza, Dairy Queen, Arby's, just fast food. Yeah. After school, get fast food on the way home, uh, practice drums all day. And then again, my family never really cooked. So we'd get some sort of takeout fast food dinner go to bed all over again. So like not a lot of, not a lot of micronutrients in the day-to-day -day life. We weren't discussing micronutrients that no. much at home. No, neither was our family. Yeah. Interesting. And, okay. and it's also interesting too, because it's not like, 
you know, when you look back on it now and you talk to people, it's not like my parents were sabotaging our childhood or something like that. It's just like people didn't know or think about it. And environmentally, especially in the Midwest, it's actually the fast food capital. In a lot of fast food restaurants, their first location is in Ohio as kind of like the test run. Is that and, true? Yeah. And then if it goes well there, they'll like expand. In Ohio, huh? Yeah. So Ohio's like the biggest shitbox for it's- fast food. Is that right? Well, we have a lot of a lot of variety. Yeah, I'm not saying that, guys. This is him talking. <laughs> I usually talk shit about Nebraska. I had a girl here from Nebraska like this was last weekend. She's like, you always talk shit about Nebraska. I'm like, I don't really mean Nebraska as a whole. I just mean like the area, Minnesota, yeah. South Dakota. It's kind of the same. Well, and that's the thing that's interesting. Is like I love Columbus. I love going back there. Um, awesome city, but it's just like it's so environmental. And I think when you look at a lot of this stuff, which we can get into, but the environment is kind of everything. Like nobody is waking up being like, I really want to eat like shit and feel like shit. It's just, it just kind of happens, you know? No, that makes sense. It's uh well, and again, that, that time frame is different too, where obviously like I live in Scottsdale. So like, if you want to go to Whole Foods, uh, Bowl of Greens, <laughs> Chop Shop, Sal to Go, there's a hundred healthy places mm-hmm. here in within a three mile radius of where we're sitting right now, where I grew up, it's not the same even today, and it sure wasn't the same in 1997. Right. It just wasn't a thing. Where at our house, and again, my like my mom would always exercise. Like that was one thing. And I played sports forever. But even in our house, when I think about what was like in the in our house, you open up a cabinet, you know, Cheetos, chips, all the normal kind of bullshit, white Wonder Bread is, yep. what, is what we'd have. And then maybe there's like a protein source or something, but nothing was – full of like real food it was always like a process like remember eating like rice krispies for breakfast with like bananas cut up on them and then you take like white actual sugar and this douse them in that because they weren't sweet enough as it was i'm like and or i'd go to the bus stop with like pop tarts and a fucking mountain dew in my coat and that's what i'd eat and that's such a horse shit way to start your day yeah yeah that's what we were doing and that was just normal yeah yeah so um but that was kind of through high school and then Um, yeah, again, like I was gaining weight through it, but I was trying diets, you know, losing some of it, gaining it back. Our whole family was kind of always working on it in our own ways, that sort of thing. None of them really worked though. None of them worked. No. Unquestionably. And so you go to college and how do you gain that much weight in that little time? Yeah. Um, I think for me, it was sort of like the compound interest of what I'd been doing in high school, kind of like adding up plus, um, you know, I was on my own for the first time living in a new city. You're staying up later. For me, I've always been like an obsessively um, focused, hard worker, very entrepreneurial. And so I sort of went to school and was just like, I'm working all day. I would work 12 hours a day every day. I didn't go to parties. I didn't go out. I didn't do anything. I was just working and eating. So it was kind of like taking the food I'd been eating in high school, but making it worse because you have like more access to everything and you have the freedom and For sure. on your own and then add in several hours a day extra of sitting. There you go. And that'll do it. Were you drinking and, like soda at the time or beer or alcohol? Um, my routine in college was, I mean, it was like not, it wasn't even like soda or beer. It was more fast food. Basically, it was like what I like I would for breakfast, 
right by my first class or by my apartment, there's Dunkin' Donuts. I'm getting like multiple sausage, egg, and cheese sandwiches, going to Starbucks, venti, you know, 30-ounce white mocha, lunch, fast food, afternoon snack, fast food on my way home from classes, working until 11 p.m., late night pizza with friends. I mean, it was like four to five times a day. That is, uh, you say that, and I want to say that's so like rare and uncommon, but I've had people in coaching groups that we've done, and these are people who are trying, mind you, and I put trying in quotation marks. And they are because this is this is the start of that. Maybe it's the first week of them starting something, and they'll have went to McDonald's and Burger King and like fucking Sabaro or something like in yeah. the same day. And I'm like, and I want to reply. I'm like, are you guys fucking with me right now? Like, is this a joke? Yeah. Because that seems, in my brain, which is completely the other way, and is so skewed at this point. So I'm not saying do that either. That seems like what a terrible day. Like what an awful day. And how I would feel if I ate that way. Mm-hmm. So when you're doing this, like you're in it, when do you notice like, hey, this is a problem? Like, are you conscious of it or are you just like, hey, this is just how it is? Yeah, I I remember, so in school, weighing myself one day, which I wasn't doing that often, but we had a scale and I weighed myself. And I remember seeing 312 and being like, oh, I'm I'm not just like the big guy anymore. This is like a prop. Like once you see 300 plus... It's like a recycling scale. It's a scale. different. Yeah, you're like, you got to go thing. like the animal scale shit, right? Because I only think ours goes up to 300 pounds. Yeah. I mean, some of the nicer ones go heavier. Yeah. But I think this is only three bills We must here. have had a great one. Yeah. But, you know, and it's one of those things, too, where you're not, at least for me, it's not like I was waking up wanting to, again, wanting to feel bad, wanting to eat like shit. It was just the habit that I had developed for 20 years, you know? And so I think what's interesting now kind of working with other people on it, which we'll get into, but the amount of empathy in the sense of, oh, everybody's starting point is totally different, you know, and it's easy now to kind of look at it and be like, oh, you just do this, this, and this, but there's so many factors and all this stuff, you know. And so when you're, you're 312, do you, yep. you're not doing, there's no exercise, basically. No exercise, no. And when you see that on the scale, is that kind of the... I don't want to say rock bottom moment, but as that was there a shift there or like how did that you see that and then what's the next reaction? So basically I at that point I was like, okay, I have to do something. And I I essentially hit the point of realizing that diets don't work. That I've been dieting at that point for ten years straight. And, and I'm try, 12. Like what did you try up to that point? I mean, I tried, you know, Atkins, I tried Weight Watchers, we did Jenny Craig in our house, those types of things, but also just not fixed programs, more just eating healthier and seeing what that was like and trying to, but I would find too, when I would try to do it kind of on my own, I'd go super extreme where I'm just eating chicken and broccoli and, you know, over and over and over and then snapping after a month being like, this sucks. Yeah. Like, this is terrible. I'm not doing this ever again. It's not sustainable. Yeah. So that was, it was all the different programs. It was my own thing. Um, and at that point, I think when I realized, okay, diets don't work, then the next question became, uh, so where do I even begin if it's not one of these diets that I and everybody I know are all doing? Um, and so for me, I'm very like academic. I love to read. I love to learn. So I just started learning about 
nutrition, learning about where our food comes from. Um, there's a book called In Defense of Food by Michael Pollan that like completely changed my life and basically talks about food, especially in America, and our sort of collective relationship with food and kind of the how interesting it is that people in America are more obsessed with dieting than anywhere in the world, yet the least healthy people in the world. And like, why does that happen? And it's kind of like, if you're trying so hard at dieting, you're not actually enjoying life anymore. And it's going to fail if you're not enjoying it in some way. Um, so anyway, from there kind of started like baby steps. And I actually lost a little bit of weight. I remember I got down to 286. It's a lot. Which yeah. is which is great, you know. And I actually kind of stopped, kind of plateaued, and basically for several years was like high 280s. And that was what I was doing. That was kind of through college, into college, like senior year. Um, and then around kind of graduation, I sort of refocused again. Um, or soon after graduation, I should say, kind of refocused again. And that's where every, that's where like the actual journey, quote unquote, started in like a hardcore way was after school. And you're what, like 24? Uh, 24, 25, something like that. Yeah. So, and I'll go like how you basically map it from there, but what's the hardest part about being like that big, like 300 pounds? Like, do you know... Like, looking back now, obviously, because what do you weigh today? Uh, I am 184. So that's 130-something. 130 pounds, yeah. yeah right. Which is nuts. So 32. Yeah, so you're basically you lost a human. Yeah. Like, I think my wife weighs like a buck 30. Yeah. Sorry, Heather, if, yeah. you, if you don't weigh that much, I don't know, but I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, so you basically lost a human being on totally. your body. So when you look back, like, what's the toughest part about living, like, in that? Is it, I'm sure, obviously, like how you go to the bathroom, uh, your cravings, how you sleep, uh, maybe it's joints, maybe it's energy, who knows. But if you can describe, like, if you think back, like, wow, I can't believe mm -hmm. I used to tolerate that. And now I would never tolerate that anymore. I think uh, two things come to mind. So one is, like, the functional level, where there are things that will come up that most people don't ever think about, that when you're that large you just have to think about so things like getting on an airplane like is this seatbelt gonna fit that's like not something most people have to think about but no. that's the type of thing where you're flying to visit family everybody's excited and you're nervous that's like a weird scenario or like i remember being a kid like going on a roller coaster and it's like well hopefully the seat thing will fit and I can get on this like I don't know if it will like so there's functional things like that yeah um and then the second piece is like the psychological piece which is even though most of the time you're at least in my case not actively thinking about it, it wasn't like waking up every day depressed about it but sometimes you would and then you're like oh this is not okay so for example I used to do things like I would I'm just thinking back, like I would order dinner early, order pizza and wings or something. If I had a night like by myself, like in school or whatever, order dinner early, order lots of food, planning ahead that I could eat at five. I'll be so stuffed. But by like eight or 9 p.m., I might be hungry again and maybe I can eat more. So like that type of stuff, which sounds like super extreme, but like planning to eat as much as possible 
to the point where I'm intentionally eating dinner early so that I can have more. And then you find yourself, you like hang up with Domino's and you're like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, yeah. what did I just do? I didn't even think about it. Like, why am I doing this? But then the food comes and you eat it and it happens and you feel sick. So like those moments where you sort of like do catch yourself, those are tough because most of the time you're not thinking about it. Well, cause everybody had, like we call it here like a fat, like I don't, it's a, I, people are going to get offended. It's like your fat ceiling, right? Like it's how, how much you're willing to let the slack go. Like we all have it at some point. It's kind of like your debt ceiling, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you're a household, maybe you guys leverage debt, maybe you don't. Some of you guys are probably cool if your credit card bill runs up a couple of G's or you're okay with taking out a million dollar mortgage. And some people are not as comfortable and it makes them feel uneasy. I look at the same way with like your body. Like I obviously have a ceiling of where like I want to be in a certain, you know, kind of condition and range just because I feel and look and move my best that way. You have it too. Apparently it was 312 pounds because you didn't let it go to 330. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like how, when does that kind of come into play? Because you're, you're just living – and again, you're so busy living your life, and I think that's a big problem in America today. We're all so busy in everything. We can't step back and just be silent and kind of look and assess like, hey, here's here's our lifestyle and here's what we're doing. And I don't think we do this – and they don't teach it in school. We audit kind of everything else. Our finances, mm-hmm. your GPA, the coursework, you, you, you take certain 16 credits, you stack up enough, you can graduate. But we don't audit what we eat. Like ever. Yeah. We kind of just mindlessly go through the day and just eat whatever's around. And that clearly is not working. Totally. And I think what's interesting is when everybody is doing it, it, you don't feel like like if everybody around you is eating healthy and working out and drinking water and prioritizing their sleep. You'll probably do it too. Yeah. You'd be like, why am I Dairy Queen right now? Yeah. If everybody else is at the gym, you know, but we're kind of like the inverse of that where it's like kind of weird if you're really, really into taking care of yourself. And I think that's a fundamental problem that needs to be fixed. I don't know if it's possible to fix it, but, and I, I always say this too, like, don't do what I do. Cause it's obviously it's extreme for the world we live in today, but I would argue if you strip it down, you don't have to do the same type of workouts I do with the same load or the same intensity or the, even the same frequency and consistency, you could still do them. But if you take that out of context, like if it's just, Hey, I exercise and move my body each day and I eat right and I get good sleep and I don't abuse drugs and alcohol. That doesn't seem fucking crazy to me. Yet people look at me like, oh, Jeremy, you're a freak show. Right. Well, maybe the byproduct is like you get a kind of freak like, you know, person running around, but my habits are not crazy. I think that's what most people should do. However, that seems like it's insane to say that. Mm-hmm. And that's how we've kind of gotten here. So when you look at it from the standpoint, okay, I'm at my 280-ish, you know, kind of pound mm-hmm. range, what... What do you do? You graduate college, you're 280 and you're like, fuck it. Is that like kind of like you're, you've had a point and how do you basically start the journey like intensely from there? Yeah. So it was interesting. Kind of those several years after school, I lived in New York. I worked in the music industry. I owned a management company. So representing artists and producers and that whole thing. Nice. Um, which was awesome. Not great. And I loved it. But, um, not the healthiest industry. Doesn't sound like it. Yeah. (laughs) As you can imagine. Yeah. And I think for me, again, it was like, okay, now I've spent several years doing this. And the big thing that changed actually personally, um, I had planned Laura, my now wife, I was dating at the time in New York. And I remember. And you're 280. 280. Hold on to her, dude. Yeah. That's a real, that's a real, that's a real one right there. She is the greatest. And we can, I mean, 
her honestly support through the whole thing was the most important piece of it because I mean, we used, this is also sounds insane. When we would go grocery shopping, I couldn't carry the groceries home. Like we park back at our place, couldn't bring in the groceries because I would be sore the next day. Like literally couldn't do it. So she, that's so crazy, bro. Which is insane to think about. You can't do farmer's carries with grocery bags. I can't. Oh, not at all. I couldn't even lift them. Like, I had no, I mean, Whoa. not even on a weight level, on a strength level. Like, couldn't do groceries. When we traveled, she would carry the luggage because she knew, like, you know, she used to have sort of a half joke, but not really a joke that was like the rule was that I would never get so big that I couldn't walk so that we could always at least like go on walks together. But like, kind that was of, like a real. Kind of truthful. Like a joke, but not a joke at all. Yeah. Like, that was a real thing we, like, did, spoke about. Did so, she, Did she say anything to you, like, ever? Like, hey, bro. Because, and I love my wife, and she's an amazing person. Don't get me wrong. But I'm going to be completely transparent here. Jeremy Scott is at Dos Gringos 15 years ago, and I'm 280 pounds. Yeah. My wife ain't fucking talking to me, dude. <laughs> not even, not even a look. Yeah. Like, first of all, I had no job and no money. And then you throw 280 in there, like the whole tough fuck, combo. The whole show's off. Tough combo. So does she say anything to you? Like, hey, man, not from a vanity standpoint, because I get, like, we love people for, for a multitude of things. How we look is part of it, obviously. But is she like, hey, you know, you're 280. Like, you're going to be dead someday if you don't get your shit together. No. She was um, – She this we always talk about. She is the sweetest person in the world. And she always – I mean, this sounds cheesy, but genuinely – just like sees the best in everybody doesn't like she didn't even notice didn't even notice and when i was losing weight by the way it was like <laughs> i remember one day she was like oh you look you look good and i was like yeah i'm down 85 pounds at this point that's <laughs> like, crazy dude like she it's just not on her yeah. radar which was great and when she was obviously like healthier than you oh yeah she's i mean she was very much and still is i mean good health no weight issues exercises few times a week eats healthy normal and what balanced when yeah. did you meet her i met her um this would have been so a couple years after graduating college in new york so you're 280 ish 280 yeah what is what do you say when you're 280 and you meet a girl like hey yeah. you want to get with this like, what is the because you're not how tall are you i'm 511 511 280 is a monster bro like, yeah you're was, a big dude big. yeah you're big that was big like that's huge yeah my brother used to jokingly call me Mountain. Yeah. yeah if you're if you're six six and you're two eighty, you're yeah, big. You're in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. If you're six, how I'm wondering how blight Ben got. Ben is six nine. I think he got mm -hmm. down to like, he would look lean in like the two forties or two fifties. He's six nine, bro. Yeah. So you're thirty pounds heavier than that, and a foot shorter, or oh, like yeah. eight inches shorter. Yeah. I Nothing. Mean, I mean, we. That's um, crazy. No, we were set up and. Um, yeah, I mean, we just, like, hit it off. Great. And what is your, like, compared to, I get, because you're, obviously, from that point, you're 100 pounds lighter. Mm -hmm. is your, what is your self-confidence like? Obviously, you talk about some of the social yeah. settings. Like, was there anything else you'd avoid? Because, like, obviously, like, the airplane thing, I'm assuming, is anxiety. Or, like, the roller coaster yeah, thing yeah, as a yeah. kid. Um, honestly, what was really interesting, uh, looking back on this, too, was I did not, I wasn't really, like, bullied. I wasn't didn't have confidence issues. I was like, I basically had no idea as weird as that sounds. Like I did in certain ways when it would kind of come up, like I was talking about, but like on a day, day to day basis, I, in my head was just like, yeah, I'm like 
a little chubby, like big boned. Yeah. Like, did, like genuinely didn't think much about it. That's cool though. Um, I think it's which rare. is great. It's probably rare. Probably rare. Because I think most kids, kids are ruthless, bro. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. And I think what was interesting. So when I knew I was going to propose to her, um, that's a thing that was the turning point for me. Because at that point, you know, I think like anybody, you start to think about your future a little bit differently. You start to map out your life. Like, what does that look like? And I remember being like, okay, if I'm picturing a future and future family and I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to do stuff. I don't want to be, you know, 300 pounds at home because I physically can't go anywhere. And that to me was like the thing that I was like, all right, I got to figure this out. And I went hardcore and I was like, I'm going to do this and it's just going to happen. And I spent honestly, probably two months before even starting. This was really interesting. Like when I was at that peak motivation, instead of starting that day, I spent all my time learning about habit development and nutrition. And I was like, I'm going to harness this and not go do something really extreme because I've done that before and I'll just stop in a few weeks. I'm going to like turn this energy into actually unpacking why I got to this place and then like creating literally, I mean, wrote out like, here's the roadmap. Here's exactly what I'm going to do. And then I started. So instead of being like, okay, I'm going to go to the gym every day and then two weeks later stop because that's not sustainable, I was like, all right, let's like think about my current routine. How can I like upgrade this? How can I upgrade this? Like what does that look like? And then when I actually started kind of a few months later, uh, I had the outline and I sort of used myself as a guinea pig of sort of like the opposite of yo-yo dieting. Like what does that look like? Well, you're just, yeah. you're kind of auditing past behaviors. 100%. Hey, I, I tried this before. That stuff didn't work. Let's kind of reverse engineer it from here. Exactly. And it sounds, and again, this is for anybody. I don't care if you guys are listening and you want to be five foot 11 and 280 pounds. If you feel sexy as hell, then like, by all means do it. This is not a, totally. a, a fat shaming type of thing. Not at all. I go, but I don't know if that's healthy to be that big. Well, I mean, for really anybody for longevity, especially when you're not, you know, uh, weight to height kind of ratio it's not yeah. it's not ideal and that's probably like in your head you start to think of it and i, I say that for most people i'll never the vanity stuff is probably not going to get you there long term for for even anyone even if you're the most narcissistic like yeah. asshole on the planet and i say that from a guy who like i live in this kind of mold every day but i do it because i feel good and that internally and then the byproduct is then if i want to look a certain way then so be it and, and perform but I think you have to attack it from that standpoint. When you realize I can't only have, you know, these kidneys, this liver, and they're only going to work, you know, this well for so long if I take care of them. And it, what we know about gut health and microbiome and all these things now. So you're like, hey, I'm going to get married. And I want to, A, you know, be able to do all these fun things with my wife. And being 300 pounds, it's not probably doable. And two, I actually want to be around for 50 years and not drop dead at 40. Totally. Because it it's not a – there's no staying even. So the odds of you staying at 280 – in perpetuity is probably not realistic. You probably right. end up being 380 yeah. if that was a trajectory. So instead of jumping into stuff, you're like, okay, I'm going to reverse engineer. I'm going to study all the things. What did you start to do at that point that, that changed? Was it like, hey, I'm going to walk more steps or I'm going to eat fast food a little bit less? Like, yeah. What was the roadmap? So basically the roadmap was that I was going to pick one to two habits a month 
max. And even if those were going amazing, I wasn't going to add more to that. And just those were unwavering. I'm going to do these one to two things a month. And then once that is solidified and that's feeling good and realistic, then the next month I'll add one to two new habits or take the existing ones and sort of scale them up in a way. And it was like incredibly, incredibly regimented. It was like, for example, when I started, um, I'm like a huge coffee lover, huge coffee lover, and love music, two of my favorite things in the world. So instead of saying, I need to go to the gym and exercise five times, I was like, how do I build this into my life? So I would pick different coffee shops that were a mile or two away, put in my headphones, and I was like, every morning for this month or a couple times a week, I'm going to walk to this coffee shop, listening to music, get coffee, and walk home. And, like, that was my fitness routine. Insanity. It, you know what I mean? Like You're walking. <laughs> fucking crazy. Yeah. You know? And, and what's interesting, though, is, like – Because before, what would you do? Just drive? Yeah. Yeah. Drive. Totally. Totally. And so what was interesting, though, is, like, at that point – again, if you look back at that point the last 10, 15 years, like, that was the most exercise I'd gotten – so for me, those walks of a couple miles, a couple times a week, like I'm good. I'm losing weight from that at that point. You know what I mean? I mean, among other things, but the whole point was like, A, it's this habit development approach and B, it was actually based on my real life. Like it was based around two things I enjoyed, which is coffee and music. It wasn't, I'm going to go on an elliptical machine at the gym and stare at the wall and want to shoot myself like because that's not sustainable like that's not enjoyable so that was like number one was that um and then similar was like i'm gonna cook um you know pick two recipes and for this month i'm gonna add those in to my routine so like that alone again with the starting point that i had i'm losing you know several pounds a week just doing those things so then at the end of that month, it's like option A is those are solidified and I can add something new into it, maybe around water, or I can ramp up the intensity of the walks. And those are sort of the options and I could pick. And so every month you're just sort of like habit stacking instead of being too obsessive about it. Well, and they're thinking, again, obviously when you're that, when you're that big, most things are going to work. Yeah. And you're not... I guess the takeaway is you. Ha- there's a reward system obviously set up there because like you enjoy coffee, so you're walking to something that you actually like enjoy doing, and then the habit of it is like, well, I get to enjoy music at the same time, so you're not dreading it. Where totally. going to do, I'm sure whatever, uh, walking, well, being on an elliptical sounds fucking terrible. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. And if you're 280 some pounds and you don't have great mobility or endurance or strength, jumping into like some super intense like group yeah. training is probably it's not like unsafe. Yeah. yeah. So hundred percent. And I think that I always say this to people now where it's like the best workout is the workout that you enjoy because you have to be consistent with it. You know, it's like, and obviously again, it evolved. Whereas now I'm like completely in love with fitness and I'll do crazy intense workouts all the time and love it. But to have the awareness up front, like, okay, this is enough for right now to make progress. That's all I need is like progress. I don't need the end result next month. 
No, and it's not discouraging because you're not taking a loss. You're everything is you're it's to me it's like if you if you guys are Dave Ramsey people, it's like the debt snowball. They always tell these guys to pay their debts off smallest to largest. We'll pay off three hundred bucks and you build momentum. Yep. You don't look at because if you look at it from, you know, if you step back and be like, well, I got to lose one hundred and thirty some pounds, it's pretty depressing. Yeah, you're like, where do I even start? Yeah, it seems like you just drowned. And yeah. there's And again, especially if you're showing up, and it's you know, you're so sore, you're so tight, it's so painful, you're so, for lack of a better term, just bad at exercising and working out. Most people tend to quit. They do totally. too. They do too much too fast. Exactly. But you went kind of shallow and deep end. And the big thing too, which you actually just touched on, which is interesting, is I always use that same word, which is momentum, which is kind of like that could be described as the foundation of my entire weight loss journey. Was like I just need to have forward momentum all the time. So it sort of doesn't matter how long it takes. It doesn't matter how many pounds I lost this week versus last week. As long as there's something moving in the right direction, I'm good. And for the food stuff, you would just say, okay, is it, you know, a couple times a week I'm going to make food instead of go out yep. and get bullshit? So food-wise, first was, um, you know, things like, okay, I'm going to have no fried food, no fast food, like kind of the obvious things. But not for, I mean, for every day or just for certain days? Um, I mean, at square one, it was like, I'm going to have this less often. You know, if I was getting McDonald's. Because you're, you're talking a like a chronic, yeah. you're a four or five time a day shit eater. Yeah, for let me serious, let me run up, right? Yeah. So it's like instead of going and getting, you know, Dunkin so if that donuts, was once a day, yeah, I'm gonna lose weight. That's legit, hundred percent. And yeah. and I I'm the thing I'm happiest about was the awareness to be like, that is enough for right now, you know, because otherwise I would have totally failed for sure. And so the food side, so then the walking kind of. I started to enjoy it. And I was like, actually, it feels good to get outside and it feels good to move. And I would go on longer walks and longer walks and longer walks on the fitness side. It became like a joke with friends of mine because it got to a point where they'd call me on a Saturday morning and they're like, I, I remember like my friend Zach calling me and he's like super hungover on a Saturday morning. He's like, what are you doing? You want to get breakfast? And I was like, I'm on a 10 mile walk right now. Like it got to a place where I just loved it. And yeah. so I was doing like, Monday through Friday, I was walking three to five miles. Saturday, I would do a 10-mile walk every week. And at the time, I'm living in L.A. at that point. I'm just, like, walking around. I'm, like, nobody walks in L.A. So yeah. I'm, like, walking, finding myself on, like, the highway. I'm, the, like, what the hell you is and the going homeless, on? You and the homeless people, basically, yeah. <laughs> right. And so, you know, there was that. And on the food side, which honestly was my bigger mental problem. I mean, that was, like, an addiction. It was, okay, instead of focusing on restriction – which again, like doesn't work for any sort of yo-yo diet. I mean, it works if you can sustain it, but it's very hard to feel restricted all the time. That's like an impossible place to be. So I was like, let's do the inverse. We think of it now as like crowding out, which is what are the things I can have as much of as possible? And if I just focus on that, I'm naturally going to have less of the other stuff without really thinking about it. So for me, like veggies, I was like, I, the rule for myself was, I can have unlimited vegetables. So if I'm still hungry after a meal, I'll and I would, I would eat plates of veggies. I really? Would, yeah. That sounds terrible. I know. I know. But it just, I mean, like, just can you even <laughs> process that? Like, it just seems like you I fart mean, like all day, every yeah, day. I mean, you know, if they're raw, side effects. raw is worse. 
Would you eat them raw, steamed? No, I would just like saute them with some olive oil or something. See, like that's a, it takes a different and for people listening that they're like, yeah, fuck this guy, because <laughs> it's like that just seems so. It just seems awful. Like I'm gonna be real. Like for me, like okay, if I go eat dinner tonight, like I have steak and my normal stuff, I'm still hungry. I'll just make some asparagus. Like you know how unattractive that yeah, sounds. It totally. sounds terrible. But the other thing was, it wasn't just vegetables. So it was like I also told myself protein. I was like protein and veggies and water. Those are the three things that I was like I can have as much as possible. Weird. Yeah. But what's interesting is you know, again, veggies. I get it. Like nobody wants to eat pounds of veggies if they're done correctly. I just make them so I'm just lazy. Yeah. They're, just, they're basic. My wife is better than me. And but the interesting thing too is like if I say I can have unlimited protein and unlimited veggies, all of a sudden you're like. Oh, cool. I don't feel like I'm on a diet. I mean, you do in the sense that you're eating healthy food, but you're not being told I can have X calories per day or I can have X macros or I can have X whatever. It's kind of like... It's not restrictive. Yeah. And what's beautiful about protein is it's kind of this self-regulating thing where nobody's like... Like you can accidentally eat a ton of rice, a ton of pasta, a ton of chips, a ton of whatever. Nobody's like accidentally having their seventh filet of salmon. That's like not really a thing. No. And when your body doesn't, it stores carbs and fats really well. The proteins, it yeah. doesn't. It just expels. You'll get rid of it. Yeah. yeah. So again, like if you start look at the walking was kind of like 1.0 on the fitness side. And then that crowding out concept around protein, veggies, and water helped me mentally just shift like the nutrient density of what I was eating without really thinking of it that way. I was like, oh, I can still eat a ton of food. Great. You know? I think if people could adapt that and like, obviously like, you know, BJ and like him and I, we say the same shit. All of us do really. I mean, at the end of the day, you guys reach the same things. We're not, we're not selling anything magic. And that's the part what sucks. Cause if there's only really one answer, no, we all might get there a little bit different, whether you skip or I bear crawl or ride a bike, Yeah, we're all getting the same destination. But if we just said, eat as much protein, produce and water as you can handle, it's typically mean veggies. I guess you could get. You could maintain a, a higher weight on fruit, but man, you got to love like fruit, yeah. bro, like a shit ton of it. And I love it. Yeah. I think too, like even that, like I like, I like all, most fruits for the most part, but I'm, it's not like I go home and eat seven bananas. Yeah. No, I could, but I'd have to put peanut butter on them and then that's a whole different yeah. problem. But if I went my whole day and I give anybody this advice, like every meal, protein, produce, and water, like eat a shit ton of protein, as many green vegetables or any vegetables, honestly, you can choke down and drink water. You realize how much food you have to eat to eat 2000 calories. Yeah. A ton. hundred percent. Especially if you're not eating. I mean, if you're in like ribeye and stuff, like you can get there a little easier. If it is chicken or ground turkey or leaner cuts of red meat or like fish and stuff. Yeah. Bro. You're good. You can eat all day. Yeah. So that's how you started doing it. A hundred percent. And, and it wasn't even, it was enjoyable. Like I wasn't like sitting there in silence in the dark by candlelight, like steaming broccoli and yeah, <laughs> crying, no, I, I you know, it, it was, it was like, oh, this is actually good. And I had also like, I had never used an oven before. I remember the moment where I was like, oh, you can just like put chicken in the oven and then you go and away like, and it's done. I'm you're like, a grown man. This- <laughs> or like, I'm going to use the Seinfeld quote. We're not, we're not men. <laughs> right. We're not men here. Yeah. hundred percent. That's bad, dude. I mean, but those are things where I'm like, oh, this is kind of fun. Like I'm learning. Like I said, like I love to learn. So I was like, I'm learning something as basic as using the oven. Cool. So what are your, yep. as you're going through this, what did the first workouts uh, look like? Like, okay, so we wa- we end up walking. Yeah, yeah. 
like um, and I think for anybody the takeaway if you're not if you haven't grasped it if I think the Mayo Clinic has people at steps of maybe two about two thousand a day mm-hmm. three thousand be on the high end yeah uh, we wear these step counter watches just to have them and most of my days are over twenty thousand and which is a lot but I'm on my feet a lot and yeah. I just I fucking hate this is the most I'm gonna sit today and I can't stand it um, but probably ten thousand steps I would say for people is a good number yeah. um, if you could hit that and obviously most people don't. So you get to the point where you're walking multiple miles. Yeah. And then when do you decide, you know what, like I want to take it to another level and I'm actually <laughs> going to start, you know, training legitimately. Yeah, kind of what comes next. So walking turned into getting a gym membership, which was LA Fitness. Boom. That was it. Big day for me. About 30 bucks a month, right? 30 bucks a month. It's not bad. 100%. I mean, to rent and, equipment for 30 bucks a month is a good yeah. deal if you know what the hell you're doing. Yeah. And sure. so, so it went from walking again in my head at the time, and this is interesting too, at the time I was still like completely terrified of strength training, weights, machines. And what, like just because of like ignorance or lack of knowledge? I think or? it was in my head that was a thing that sort of like those people did, and I am not one of those people. The bros. That was in my yeah. head. And honestly, the lack of – I always think of it as like if you walk into a gym and you've never worked out in your life, it's insanely intimidating. Like you don't even know what to do. Let me give you one. It would be like me walking into your music studio. Right. Oh, you got some drums here. Totally. I'm some stepbrothers. Totally. Shit. We're like, great. We're recording. Yeah. Enjoy. Like, yeah. I mean, nah. I was thinking of it as like, it's like speaking another language. It's like, it, it is. Yeah. And like there are people that speak the language who are all talking to each other and you don't. So it's super intimidating, you know? So anyway, when I got the membership, that became cardio. That became, all right, if I'm normally walking for an hour, I'm going to go and do the elliptical, do the bike, do the treadmill, whatever. But at the time, my mindset had shifted from this is terrible to, oh, I'm carving out time for myself. At the time, I already lost a bunch of weight. So I had that momentum kind of rolling, and it was enjoyable, and it was like a break in the day. So how big are you when you go to, like, the gym, like you get a membership? So my first 60 pounds was just walking. 60 pounds was just walking and kind of eating more real food and water. Then I got the gym membership, and then there was about 20 – pounds where it was still eating real food but kind of cardio um like just treadmill or treadmill like walking on the treadmill with some incline um the elliptical the bike or i would do like a mix of the three that sort of thing um and back to laura uh who's amazing she at that time had said you should get a trainer like you should do a session with a trainer like you've lost at that point i'd lost 70 75 pounds and she's like you're crushing it. Like, this is great. But yeah. you, sh- she, it was interesting because she hasn't struggled with this stuff before. So a lot of the stuff that I was like very hyper aware of, she was confused by. She's like, I don't understand. Like you get a free assessment with your member. Like, why have you not done this in the last seven months? Like, what is wrong with you? Because you're like apprehensive or is embarrassment or what is the- I think, I think in my head you started, I was, I had told myself that you, had to lose a certain number of pounds and then you could start strength training. You see, like you say that in it's to me, just being honest, it sounds fucking insane yeah. that you would think that or say that. But I've heard that from, I would say no less than a hundred people over the years where they'll message us. Like obviously they have interests and they, these are like leads coming in and they'll say, well, I want to come work out, but I gotta, I gotta get in shape before I show up. And I go, 
<laughs> this is what we do here. Yeah. It's like saying, I need to go to the dentist to get my teeth cleaned, but I got to clean my teeth really well before. Yeah. It's my wife does this, actually. Uh, we have a cleaning lady who comes to our house. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, I got to clean up before Esmeralda comes. I go, no, you don't. That's what the fuck she does. I go, this is what they do here. Right. But you, f- and where does that come from is what I'm driving at. Like, where yeah. is that? Like, why, why was that in your head? Do you know? I, you know, for all the unpacking I've done, I don't really know. I think it goes back to that feeling again of like, not being like outside it, but you, at least the stereotype was like fit people are here lifting weights. Unfit which is which is not true. Which is <laughs> at the gym. This is horseshit. Right, but that's yeah. kind of the perception of it. Is like everybody's okay, better. They everybody's know more. better. Everybody around me knows what to do. I look like an idiot. I don't know what to do with this machine. Now you realize none of them know what they're doing. And now I'm like, they either don't know what they're doing, or they're so obsessed with themselves they don't even notice what's going on around them. Yeah. I tell people that here all the time, and I go, "There's two types of people who come here. One, there's people here who are just trying to survive the day, and they'll help you if you have a question." but they don't give a shit what you're doing because they're just trying not to die. Mm-hmm. And then there's the people here who will also help you, but they're trying to kill themselves. <laughs> like that's the two, like that's what I'm a kill myself person. Yeah. I'm here. Like we work on, on Sundays, obviously we do this group. I couldn't tell you what music we ever play. Cause I don't hear one fucking thing. Yeah. It doesn't even matter. Cause I'm so, and I don't know what anybody else is doing. I'm so in my own shit. Yep. And I think that for people here who are listening, who are apprehensive and are intimidated by the gym, I understand it from, from that standpoint. But just know, it's like life. Nobody's thinking about you. It's like the zit on your face. Nobody gives a shit, dude. Totally. You notice it, and you think everyone is is paying attention to you. I promise you, you're not that important. Yeah. And they don't care. Seriously. And I think that's what's so interesting is knowing all this now versus then, you know, but it's, at the time, it's intimidating, you know, or you just don't know. What's a barrier for people? Mm -hmm. I do think a lot of people don't go to gyms or join programs because they feel it's intimidating. And I think that's, I'm not saying it's, it's like the fault of the, the profession or the industry. Um, we do things obviously for Instagram, that kind of game. It. I'm out here with my shirt off looking like an asshole, blah, 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 you know, and I can see someone who's 80 pounds overweight be like, well, yeah, fuck that guy. Like, it seems like it's too much, but we obviously we game that for viewership and, and yeah, obviously yeah. reach and stuff. But the, the concepts are the same. If you can right. strip away what it is, we're just teaching basic things anybody can do. Yeah. But I also understand if you're like, well, I don't look like that or I can't move like that. So therefore, like, I can't do that thing. But just don't like I started in the same place that that guy did. One exactly. day I walked into the gym and I might have been 12 and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to squat and be strong. And then I realized, like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. And I think what's interesting, too, is being kind of on the complete opposite side of it. Now you realize the people who are good trainers, health coaches, whatever, they care. Like they're not going to come in and humiliate you. They're like thrilled you're there and they will be your biggest supporter. That's kind of the weird messed up piece about it is like you think that the people you're intimidated by are like, what are you doing here? Like this isn't for you. And in reality, it's like they're the people that will save your life and they really, really care. That's why they're even there. Oh, yeah, the coaches especially, I would say this, like, well, A, it's to our benefit if you do well. Like, that's our right. our, our business is you actually looking better and then bringing your friends and then in perpetuity, like, we'll make money. But the reality is we've all done it. So we, yeah. maybe I was never, you know, uh, 312 pounds, but I was six foot two, 165 yeah. pounds, like a skinny fat, in my opinion, bag of shit, and, you know, turned into this thing. 
And because I've done that and I've went through the same workouts you've done, I've ridden the same assault bike, I've done the same split squats and I've hated it even more than you can ever imagine. I have an empathy for you and I appreciate it. And those of us who have transformed, just like you have myself, anybody, we would never talk shit to people who are just starting. Because we know how hard it is. Never, yeah. Anybody who's really like and not a complete just fuck face of a human would never do that. So anybody listening just know like that's not going to happen to you from people who are like legit coaches. Never, yeah. And so so going into that first session, you know, I'm actually going in. I mean, again, at the time I've lost 70, 75 pounds. So I'm like I'm feeling good. Like I'm going in momentum, feeling great. Um mentally like stronger than I've ever been in my life, which honestly is like the biggest piece of the whole thing. Like we talked about a little before this, where it's like, as you're going through this journey, it's not about any given meal or any given workout. It's like the person you're becoming, which for me was like earth shatteringly important and crazy. And I would have never, I went into it thinking it was about what does the scale say? And now I'm like a, actually a different human, like a totally different person. And that, is crazy. So going into the gym, I'm feeling good, feeling confident. And the way they set it up was I did uh, sort of an initial assessment with this woman, Luba, who was amazing. And she, what was interesting was the first trainer she sort of paired me with, um, I don't remember her name, and we booked a session because I had said, all right, it's my first time, I've never had a trainer. I want somebody who's going to kind of go easy on me, be, you know, whatever. So she booked me with this trainer. And I remember our first session, she didn't show. And I like had her number. Nice. And yeah, I'm like, I'm sitting here being like, you don't understand how big of a life moment this is. And you're just not going to show up. So she doesn't show. Fucking LA yeah. fitness, man. <laughs> God damn it. So she doesn't show. And I just like go back and do the, you know, elliptical or whatever. Second time doesn't show. So I go back to Luba, who was awesome and kind of the initial person. And she was like, okay, we're going to put you with this guy. His name's Drone. And these, he, these names, he, I'm, starting to, <laughs> I'm starting to wonder what kind of show they're running yeah. there. He's like, his name's Drone. He is super, super shredded. And he's like our master trainer. He's been with us for like 20 years. And Drone generally, I mean, aside from my family and Laura, has to this day like affected my life more than anybody. Like he completely, and he's at LA Fitness. Yeah, well, not anymore because when COVID happened, they he smartened up. Yeah, he's on his own now. On his own, nice. Yeah, he is amazing. He was one of these guys who, uh, you know, he was mid forties. He had trained there forever. He knew every single person in the gym because he had trained them and their family forever. He was like the guy. He's like the he dude. ran the show. Yeah, and. I remember like my first session with him, it was, I mean, it was so insane because I just like didn't understand any, like I didn't, I had never heard of a mountain climber or push up. I had never done a push up. Like I didn't know what any of it was. Jesus. Um, and he's, I mean, full on, like we're doing the way we would do the sessions. They were an hour session. And what was cool about him too, is like his typical sessions were 30 minutes with everybody, but he kind of, there was like this unspoken thing where he just knew I was like in it and like had put in the work and wanted to put in the work. So he would, it would, we never spoke about it. Just like from day one, he was giving me our sessions when everybody else would stop after 30 and it was 30 minutes of body weight and then 30 minutes of some sort of 
workout with weights, whether it was a couple different circuits or we'd have kind of a superset with three to four moves that we would do like six to seven sets of. Um, and I remember after my first, <laughs> my first workout, like actual workout of my life, yeah. I had to take three days off of work because I was so sore. I like literally couldn't get out of bed. But I was <laughs> crushed. Just destroyed. Like I remember the next morning actually going to get out of bed, stepping and just falling on, like spilling onto the floor. Just don't. My calves were destroyed. <laughs> like, good. And I texted him like freaking out. Like I, I genuinely thought like, do I need to go to the hospital? Like, did something happen? Cause you never had it before. I'd yeah. never been sore except for the groceries. That's, you know? cr- <laughs> That's so crazy, <laughs> dude. So I didn't know what that meant. I texted him like actually in a panic, like, Hey man, like I, I know this is weird, but like, I, literally can't stand up like i had to take off work like should i be worried and he's like i remember he was just like maybe epsom to salt like i'll see you wednesday like it was just like this is it yeah like this is your new life this is <laughs> welcome to actually working out for yeah us. and i just it's so funny looking back on it but how big are you then um so at that point i was a i'd lost about 70 pounds so i was about 210 220 something like that okay um, maybe two thirty, somewhere in that range. Yeah, yeah. And um, sort of my final forty, fifty pounds weight wise, basically, was from that point on. But it was much more the fitness journey, sort of being added on and going into that with kind of the mental uh, sharpness and really like the habits I'd built. I I like went crazy. I was like, let's fucking do it. Like all in hardcore from day one and you just meet him like a couple times a week so the way we set it up was i would do uh two sessions with him a week he'd write it out as we're doing it and he'd give it to me and then in between each of our sessions i would do it on my own so we do a monday i would go wednesday by myself we would do thursday together and i would go saturday by myself that's cool and the whole mentality he was basically like just focus on like the skill of the movement. Like don't worry about if you are feeling amazing or not, like learn the skill of this and you're good, you know? And I think just the consistency and he was just like amazing. Yeah. And so you're in that and the eating habits just slowly start to get better over time. Like do you ever get into, okay, well I've made it this far now I'm going to, you know, look at like what my macros are or am I counting calories? Is there any of that stuff that comes into play? Um, I never counted calories or counted macros, honestly. I I was loosely aware of it. You know, I used my fitness pal for a good portion of it. Um, But like for me, again, I had to be sensitive to like not getting too obsessed with it because it would, I was like an addiction sort of. Yeah, like neurotic about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I was kind of like, all right, I'm going to, be aware of my calories, but when my fitness pal is telling me I'm supposed to do this, I'm like, you don't know anything about me. No, like, their goals are dog like, shit. Yeah, like yeah. it's, it's just a good <laughs> educational tool to know exactly. like, hey, a banana is 30 grams of carbohydrates. Like the awareness of that was huge. And so my eating, again, like I kept being like, all right, as I'm losing weight, you have to kind of like crank up the dial a little bit. And so my eating was getting better and I was cooking pretty much all the time at that point. And I mean, by the time I was down 70 i was like all right this is working like now it's like foot on the gas are you drinking booze at all um are yes. you a drinker yeah yeah so for me one of my favorite things is like a good craft beer 
total beer snob, total like go to breweries, go to beer garden. That was always 100%. So you're doing so, it like how did that um, – yeah. I guess what did the habits start like and then what does it look like yep. in between and then maybe today? So initially I would say I was having a couple beers in the night but doing that several nights a week. Okay. Um, so when I, again, back to like very, very, very beginning, 300 pounds, I, yeah, 312, I said to myself on any given, oh, what it was, it was, I can have no more than two beers in the night, no more than three times a week. Okay. Which is six beers a week, which right now, like I am not drinking six beers a week, obviously, but at the time, what is that a year? 360 beers, 400 beers. Yeah. Something. 6, 12, 18, 24, 30. Yeah, probably three. Yeah. See, like the, com- the compounding works both ways. Like where the yep. steps, it works for you. And it's like, well, I'm only going to have six beers a week. I'm like, well, you're going to have 360 yeah. beers, dude. Or 350. That's a lot. It's a lot. That's but again, at the starting point, I'm like, cool. I'm like losing weight and I can still have go to a brewery. Great. Yeah. You know, and then, but again, it cranks up. Then it's like, all right, now that's one night a week. And then it's, I can have two beers a week and then I stop at a certain point at a certain point you stop needing the guidelines because you're just feeling better and you you're just, like you just I become just, the person who yeah. maybe drinks on the weekend or doesn't and it's just like it's just becomes who you are yeah exactly okay and so um yeah I mean at that point the fitness became the focus and then the nutrition was already kind of locked in but I mean at that point I'm eating fish chicken uh veggies carbs but you know the right carbs i'm loading up brown rice sweet potatoes oats beans like whatever but just like good quality carbs nutrient dense carbs uh no added sugar i mean tons of water and then are you eating like shit at all during this like is there like hey we're gonna go out to dinner and eat whatever the hell i want or for me i had a system that was every three weeks i would have a quote-unquote cheat meal every three weeks and I was sure initially that cheat meal was like cheat day. It, like me and my friends would joke, Zach, Sean, and Marley, like we would joke about it where they were like, this is like a holiday. Like I would call them and be like, all right, are we doing Italian or Mexican tonight? Like it was a bit, like it was a feast. And just eat till you feel like shit. Yep. Yeah. And then it became, all right, that's a cheat meal, not a cheat day. And then I kind of stopped being like, I guess I'm supposed to have a cheat meal this weekend, but like I feel great. So I'm just not going to. Dude, and then where it is kind of now is like, if something comes up, I'm going to enjoy it and experience it and move on. And my autopilot is healthy. And the same thing with like booze. Like, how do you do it now? Do you, do you drink, bring it to your house or do you just like, hey, it's a nice day. We're going to have a beer outside or where, yeah. when you go to a restaurant. So with booze, I'll do – I actually now will basically be able to mentally differentiate between am I drinking this just out of habit or do I actually feel like having a beer right now? And so we keep um, non-alcoholic, low-calorie beers at home. That sounds <laughs> fucking terrible. Uh, but, but but it's like, all right, if I'm just like doing this out of habit, I don't really care. Sure, I'll have that. Or you can substitute it with anything else. But if I'm like, I'm in Scottsdale and I want to go to this brewery that's supposed to be awesome, like, I'm going to go and yeah. have fun and like, enjoy it and be a normal person was the was that like the hardest of like the vices to break or was it the fast food uh the food was the hardest yeah food was the hardest because food is something you're eating multiple times a day when you have to 
yeah. to survive. I mean, at some point you do. Like, you don't ever have to drink booze, and you could live a exactly. normal life, and you're fine. Exactly. I always, and you've probably heard this before, but people in this scenario compare it to like, oh, if you were sober, but you had to be in a bar three times a day, like, that's really tough. Yeah. You know, and that's like how I felt initially. Cause, do you eat fast food at all now? No. Never. No. I basically now eat super simple, super straightforward. Um, I mean, I eat as many veggies as I want. I eat lots of lean protein. I drink lots of water. I don't obsess over anything. If I want to have – I had friends in town last weekend. We got pizza and beer, and it was great, and I – I'm fine, you know, so I'm very much like enjoy it if it comes up and just don't let it sort of consume you in any extreme way, you know. And that's like a how long does that process take? Because you're 312 pounds at like 25. Yeah. And then when does this person like the habits you do now? Does it take four years, three years, six years to lose the weight and kind of change the habits and all of that was about a two-year process two and a half year process and then it's been about four four and a half years now of i mean at my lowest weight when i lost the 130 pounds was 186 which is like what i weigh today four years later yeah. so and the habits just keep kind of refining exactly as you go because like the awareness the awareness becomes so high so you're kind of like aware to the to the point of do I really want to have this pizza or beer? If the answer is yes, cool. You don't have to feel guilty about it because you thought about it and you're going to go enjoy it. You know, is there a time in between this whole journey where you either slip up or you want to quit or maybe it's, you know what? Hey, I ate pizza yesterday. Fuck it. I'm going to eat some more bullshit today. And you kind of get on this avalanche downward spiral of shit. Or did you kind of just like, push through it because that's i think for people listening these are all great tips and a lot of them are you know applicable but i also know people are going to listen to like this dude's a psychopath yeah. you know and i think you, you have to be kind of in a way to you have to make them you're a different person is what i'm saying we've had people here lose 100 pounds some of them never get it back some of them gain it back yeah which has to be some of the most depressing shit yeah i would ima- imagine you going back to 300 pounds today yeah like how defeated you probably feel because it's a slow yeah, and I think the biggest thing, I mean, you're 100% right, is like, I, it sounds insane. Like, I sound like a serial killer. Well, when you're like, like a, you're like, hey, I'm only going to have a cheat meal every three weeks. I know some guys listening right now in Nebraska, <laughs> and he's probably like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. I want to go to, you know, shout out to the Midwest, like Pizza Ranch or like wherever he's going to go and like have his shit yeah. meal for the night. Yeah, and I think for me, the biggest piece of it was like, yeah, I had slip-ups but my autopilot, my day in and day out, like the kind of rule I told myself up front was like, if I slip up, the next morning has to be perfect, like 100%. Because we all know like Friday night, you eat something bad. First thought is like, oh, I'll be back on, on Monday. So for me, I was like the unwavering thing was in that scenario, Saturday morning has to be great. And, you know, there were slip ups and there, of course, and it's like, People need, and kind of going back to how extreme people get with this, it's like if you have an extreme approach, it just doesn't work because it needs to fit into your actual life. Like a wedding comes up, you're traveling, and you 
are starving and you're in the airport and there's nothing but a Panda Express. Like these scenarios like actually happen in life. So and, and when you're there, you just make the best choice. Or you're like, fuck it. It's one meal. And then I'm back on. The- yeah. I'm just like, you know what? I'll, maybe I'll make the best choice. Maybe I'll be able to get brown rice instead of white rice and get this chicken thing and not get egg rolls and whatever it is like it's all good as long as the next morning I'm kind of back on it. And if you, it's crazy cause I still have, I kept them. Um, like the no, I just tracked my weight once a week. I weighed in every morning for like years and still do actually. And I have notes on my phone. That's like 2015, every Monday of 2015, here's my weight, 2016, every month. You know what I mean? It's that's like crazy. And if you look at it, I almost want to like put it into a graph and see, cause like, it's not just like this downhill thing. Like I'm gaining all the time through that process because those situations come up. Um, but again, as long as you're just like, for me thinking about it as if I make some sort of progress in my health, that's a win. So yes, I might've screwed up with dinner, but did I get good sleep? Did I drink water? Like, is there something I can hang on to of like, I'm still progressing over the long haul? Well, it's the, uh, it's like the teaching scenario. Like if you guys are like my undergrad is special education. So it's like the first, you would always be like, there's two positives to a negative in terms of like feedback right. for a kid. So like if a kid sucked, well, you can tell him he sucks in like a really nice way and then tell him two things like they did good. And you're basically, you're internally obviously doing that. But if you look at your, if it's the, you know, fat loss, weight loss journey, and I would tell this to anybody, it's like the stock market. It doesn't matter if it goes down, you know, 800 points because of inflation or COVID or whatever the fuck it is. I'm like, you're not retiring today. Yeah. So you didn't lose any money. Like right. over time, if you look at the trajectory, you're up 8%, 10%, exactly. whatever. Your weight loss is the same way. 100%. Yeah. We get people who trip out all oh, this weekend. I went crazy. I'm up six pounds. I'm like, do you realize how much food you'd have to really fucking eat to gain six pounds in two days? Totally. It's not, it's not what's happening, but people get so panicked uh, about that. And the fact that you have, Basically, a chart of it shows that as long as you're just consistent, there'll be influxes. Yeah, I almost want to like put this in a graph and like publish it and be like, look, like I gained weight like 50 of these weeks and it's all good. You know what I mean? It's it's crazy. And I think the other thing, though, is I was aware of like my starting point was pretty bad. So a lot of people hearing it, too, and being like, what this guy sounds like this is way too extreme. I would never do this. It's unrealistic. Like, but imagine I, if you guys were 312 pounds. Yeah. Like you sort of like going into it. I was like, I have to, I can't just like listen to my body at 312. Like that wasn't working. No. I need to like intuitive eating. Wasn't working for it. Wasn't, wasn't working. And it's no. one of those things where it's like at that time you have to be like super honest with yourself. Like I need these really strict kind of quote unquote rules at the time. That again, like they loosen up over time as the habits develop. But if somebody might be listening, for example, and they need to lose or they want to lose, let's say, 10 pounds or just like kind of feel better in their clothes, like obviously you don't need to do as intense of what this was. But like to sort of get through the withdrawal period of the addiction, really, like that's what it was, you know. And when you're doing this, like what is the like what's the North Star? Like what is the like how do you keep doing it? When maybe you do have a setback or you gain some weight and you just keep, cause you're talking a couple of years is the process. Yeah. And for most people, they probably don't have that much to lose or if they want to be a little bit healthier. I know like when we set stuff, it has to matter so much to me. 
Mm-hmm. And there has to be something more than like, oh, I want to, you know, do this and reach this financial goal. I'm like, but for what though? Yeah. Like to tell other people, like who gives a fuck? Yeah. It needs to internally mean something to me. So when I wake up at four o'clock in the morning, like I give a shit. Yeah. And so like, what is that for you? Yeah, totally. Um, honestly, I started to love it. Like I started to truly love it where I was like, this is not this terrible thing. This is like, if I have an hour at the gym, that's the hour I'm most excited for in the day because it's like stress relief. It's a break from everything else. Like this is kind of cool. Like it's kind of cool to start and be horrible at this and just like get better and get stronger. And I started to honestly just like fall in love with the journey of the whole thing, the day in and day out. Like I loved the feeling of like, all right, I'm the person who got up and went to the gym at 5:30. Like that's cool. I've never been that person before. And so like just being able to focus kind of like one day at a time made all the difference because I was like, oh, you can actually just like enjoy this. It's not this thing you're supposed to do that you're supposed to hate and just like have discipline and hopefully you have willpower that day. When you become like what we call like a fitness person, you just become that. Yeah. And you don't really realize it. And then you're, the language I'm sure changes for you where a lot of times people who maybe are apprehensive or they're just starting to say, they'll use, in a, to me, language is huge at our house too. Like the way we, we speak to each other, the way that we talk, I always, I'll, if I do something stupid, I'll, Heather will correct me. And then I'll obviously like correct her. I'm like, because people will say things like, well, I have to go to the gym today. No, no, no. You get to go to yeah. the gym. Like being able to exercise and do fitness is a luxury very few people in the world. In America, we get to for sure. But a lot of places around the world don't have a place where they can go mm-hmm. and just do exercise. Yet we get to. Yep. And that's the language you start using. Like, well, this becomes the best part of my day as opposed to this is this thing I dread. Because I'm sure at some point you get addicted to the results of it. hundred. You get addicted to the results of it. And for me, the benchmarks of... I can do a thing that I couldn't do my entire life. That is really cool. You know what I mean? So like from walking to then doing cardio to then like running and like realizing, oh, I'm a runner. Like I love to run. Like I've run a couple half marathons now and I love it. And I mean, my first half marathon, I'm like crying at the finish line, which sounds like dramatic, but I'm like, what the hell? I couldn't even walk down the street. Like, this is crazy. And my wife carried my groceries for me. Yeah. Because I was so soft. <laughs> so, like, nuts, so like, for that type of stuff, you fall in love with the person you're becoming. And, like, that momentum matters more than, oh, I'm trying to hit X on the scale. Yeah. You know? Because it's cool when your pants, I'm sure your pant sizes are, like, 20 times different than it used to be. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. And that's cool, too. But the, there's deeper... There's Levels. deeper stuff, and you you change the perception you have of yourself. Uh, when you're doing this, uh, the sleep habits, how do those uh, change from probably like the worst days, and like what's the progression? Sleep wise, yeah. Um, like um, what do you, how do you sleep now? Now I I my wife I'm just thinking about it, she always makes fun literally makes fun of me almost every day about it. I'm like very regimented. I'm asleep early. I'm asleep at like nine. Oh, dude, dude, sometimes I'm laying down like eight. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Yeah, nine, and I'm up at five. Yeah. I always think of that as like my nine to five. And um, yeah, I mean, full on. I mean, it used to be that I was like f- also back to the music side, like very much grind culture. Like 
working until I went to bed, working till 11 p.m., like late nights at shows, drinking, traveling, like really crazy. Um, whereas now, yeah, I mean, I'm asleep by nine, up at five. I'm like incredibly intense about my morning routine too, where I'm like, this has to happen no matter what. What do you do? Uh, what's the morning look like? Um, so I wake up at about five, um, drink some water, make some coffee, huge coffee lover. And I, first thing I do is I read for about 45 minutes to an hour every morning with coffee. Just anything? Just like whatever book, like I'm reading at the time, like love to read. Fiction, nonfiction? Pretty much always nonfiction. Always kind of learning about something. It could be on like a sociology level, just about how the world works on like a Malcolm Gladwell sort of level oh, yeah. to a, um, you know, entrepreneurship marketing sort of book um, to a health and fitness book. I'm reading one right now. I just started. Um, that's called The End of Burnout. That's oh. all about uh, burnout culture in America. So that is a real thing. That's, that's a real thing. <laughs> that is a real thing. So that to me is like... Um, if I don't get that hour in the day or at least half an hour, I'm like, I hate the feeling of like waking up and you're frazzled and you're like jumping into the first thing and you're not even a person. This is kind of like reading sort of turns on my brain. And then depending on my schedule, we'll either work out or I'll work out. If I don't work out in the morning, I'll try to carve out like around lunchtime and kind of work out then and have lunch after, after workout. But that's really it. I mean, I jump into my day after a workout, shower, and then I'm in sessions. Yeah. And then in terms of, since we're on a topic, like uh, supplements and stuff you take, like maybe obviously when you're 300 pounds, I'm assuming there's no vitamins. Uh, no. Zero. No supplements. Yeah. No. No supplements. That was my last concern. I was like, let's get like the veggies yeah. first. Yeah. What do you do now? You take anything outside um, of the food you eat? Like vitamin D or I don't anything? do anything extreme. I take zinc. I take vitamin D. Um, I'll take magnesium. Um, for sleep? Yeah, I'll take magnesium for sleep. And just because it's such a common deficiency where I'm yeah. like, if nine out of ten people are deficient, I should probably take this. What do they say? It's sleep? Uh, bowel movements too? Yeah. There's a bunch of different things. Yeah. Yeah, my wife has like a super – there's some at her house too. They're in most like quality things as well. But yeah, yeah. zinc is a big one for Zinc's people. a big one. So zinc, vitamin D, um, and magnesium and a fish oil. Those are kind of my go-tos. go-to. Um, and then the rest, you eat all your food. Yeah. I mean, I'm big on just real food, wide variety of veggies. I sort of think of veggies as like supplements. Like give me – all the micronutrients I can get. And what do you do now? You eat a couple times a day? What is it going to look like? Um, it's straightforward. So breakfast, kind of depending on what I'm working on or what I want to do, I'll either do cottage cheese with blueberries or some oatmeal with blueberries, cinnamon, uh, almond butter, which really we all know oatmeal, any of it's kind of a vehicle for almond butter. Yeah, I mean uh, – uh, I put, I eat, there's an oatmeal we get. I forget the brand of it. It's like these 100 calorie packs. I'm going to butcher the name. Okay. Uh, it's a little bit of fake sweetener in it, but then I dump a shit ton of cinnamon on it. Yep. And uh, chia seeds, almond milk, and that's what I do. Yeah. I do oatmeal, cinnamon, blueberries, almond butter, chia seeds. That's legit. Um, and what, then, what almond butter do you use? Um, we get Imperfect Foods, 
If you guys have that here, imperfect. Probably. I mean, I get Justin's. It's like okay, two hundred dollars a jar. Got it. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. Imperfect, though. cool. It's like um, it's a service that basically takes overstock, um, items from grocery stores, and you get a subscription box. Oh, I've week. seen, I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. So, or That's like cool. produce that like looks a little weird, so grocery stores won't sell it, but it's perfectly fine. Yeah. So you get it cheap, and it's all local and fresh. So I like that. We get almond butter from there. Um, lunch is usually like early afternoon, probably one thirty or two. I'll usually, if I don't work out in the morning, I'll work out around 11, 11.30, get home, shower, make lunch, um, straightforward. I mean, kind of ground turkey, veggie, brown rice, kind of Mexican taco bowl type of thing. Or I do a lot of like tofu stir fry. Sounds awful. Tofu. Tofu, Sounds terrible. Tofu, stir fry, some rice, um, just straightforward stuff. Like basically everything I eat is like a variant of protein, veggies, some natural carbs maybe, and that's it. And then dinner, uh, Laura is an awesome cook. And what we've learned to do is basically take food we love and just have some substitutions that make healthier versions of it. So we do Thai food, Chinese food, Indian food whatever um yeah just not a shit version of it just like real food no added sugars yeah i mean i'm super like no processed carbs and added sugars it's kind of protein and veggies and lots of water so you don't yeah. know like no protein bars no anything i i've gone through phases of like all the protein bar for breakfast that sort of but generally speaking i've gotten away from it just because i try to lean like do i know what is in this yeah you know if you can eat real food it's always a better exactly but if you're in a rush yeah like the uh i keep talking about these those koya drinks yeah i haven't had those i've seen those when you they're plant-based like protein drinks if you want to try them when you leave here uh, natural Grocers. Okay. It's just, it's like a mile from here. Yeah. Go in, they have every flavor. Wow, really? They're expensive. They're good. But they're like crack, dude. Wow. I could drink 10 of them. Wow. But there's like seven grams of fiber, so I'd probably shit my brains out yeah. if I ate 70 <laughs> grams intense. of fiber in it's like intense. 10 minutes. But like little, like cinnamon horchata, there's like a vanilla bean, wow. chocolate, chocolate peanut butter. And they're all natural and yeah, it's pretty so, good. Yeah. There's, they're organic. Um, it's all plant-based. They're complete protein, so they have all the amino acids nice. in them. That's why yeah. I like them. Uh, those will do. Wow. Oh, uh, the perfect bars are addicting too. Perfect bars are dangerous, so I like can't get near. They're <laughs> calorie dense too, man. Yeah, they're like what four hundred calories? High three like hundreds. High threes. Yeah. The, pe- the peanut butter cups aren't as bad. Okay. They're like dark, dark chocolate sea salt peanut butter cups. Yeah. Honestly, I prefer those to Reese's now. Interesting. Because yeah, I mean they're great. It's been so long since I like, and I'm not against like that kind of shit, but I'm like, it just seems like it tastes fake to me. Yeah. And I can't believe I'm saying that. Yeah. But, like, that's where I'm at now. That's, that's the person you've become. Yeah. I do like those. And then uh, the uh, – if you ever see those, the Synergy makes the kombuchas. Yeah. The GTs. Yep. Uh, with those the are ch- good. With the chia seeds in them. Yeah. I've seen those. I do like those. Those too. are good. Uh, that's probably the most sugar I put into my life on, like, a regular basis. It's crazy how when you remove sugar, like, just kind of remove all the bullshit foods, when you have any of it, you're like – wow, like, how did I do this? I just instantly feel terrible. Well, it's weird because, like, people will, you know, I don't want to get lost on this, but yeah, yeah. people will vilify sugar to say sugar is like cocaine. Um, I don't know what kind of cocaine you guys are doing, but <laughs> sugar is not that addicting by itself. 
It just isn't. Mm. Like, this is bullshit. Because, like, you just don't sit and snort and eat white table sugar. We don't right. do that. That's interesting. It's the combination of sugars and fats and textures and, and flavor pro- profiles. And, like, if it's crunchy, if it's soft, if it's warm, then when you mix the fat and the sugar and the smells and yep. the taste and the texture, all that together makes a cinnamon roll yeah. like cocaine. Yes. That makes warm cookies like cocaine. Like, that I understand. And to your point, like, I've noticed that now. The older I've gotten, and that's what I want to make that clear for people. I eat a certain way, yeah, because I take my clothes off for money and whatever the fuck we still do. But it's because I want to feel good. I'm to the point, like, where I'm not a a 20-year-old kid and I can't eat fucking Burger King and go play in a basketball game and and crush it. I'd shit my pants and feel like garbage for two days. And I use crumble cookies as the example, if you've ever been. No, I've heard about them. It's still on the street, too. Don't go there. Um, <laughs> After the Koya shake. They're big. They're, I mean, well, then it, see, that's the thing. If you, eat a, if you eat one of those cookies and then have a Koya, the Koya will taste like shit. <laughs> but if you have the Koya first, like, oh, this is super this sweet. Is a, so sweet. And then you eat that cooking, like, oh, no, damn, no, this yeah. is super sweet. But we got in this habit of, like, we'd go there, like, maybe, like, once every other week or something. Mm-hmm. And we'd have family in town. This type of year, it's high season in Scottsdale, so people are here. And they're bigger. They're They're, like, thick. They're big. And they're all, I mean, amazing. And I would eat them, and I wouldn't feel like complete shit when I went to sleep. But, man, I'd wake up, and, I mean, digestion-wise, terrible. Yeah. Um, But my face would be, like, puffy. Yeah, you get sort of like a food hangover, too. Oh, my God. Where you're, like, groggy, and there's brain fog. It's terrible. And you're like, what is going on? Yeah. And I can't believe, like, that's, like, I would used to function that way. Yeah, well, it's interesting because it's like with anything, it's like if you are doing it every day, you stop noticing it. So you don't feel bad if you feel bad all the time. Like you don't know what feeling bad even means anymore. Whereas now, like if you feel good pretty much all the time. You know and you feel. You're like something just happened. I know immediately. Well, I think for people who are listening, if you start to, if you've done any kind of transformation or you've you know made progress, you start to get this level of body awareness Yeah. that you'd never had before. Totally. And if we gave you your old body back or your old habits back, or if you took one day like you used to eat in college and ate that way an entire day today, if you could even stomach it, you'd feel like such a bag of shit. Yeah. Because what's the movie? It was uh, Super Size Me. Yeah. Morgan Spurlock does McDonald's. McDonald's every day. Yeah. And he starts to just like, he can't even choke it down. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine that's what would happen. When it's also like, one of the main things I've always thought about is like, especially when I was losing weight and changing all of this was okay, I need to just make food decisions based on how I'm going to feel after I eat instead of how I feel before I eat. So if you're looking at two options or you're looking at a menu, it's like, well, this sounds really good right now. You could be having a craving or you're stressed or you're tired or something just sounds great or whatever. You're going to make the bad choice. If you're like, well, how am I going to feel after? I'll just choose whatever's going to make me feel better 10 minutes from now. It's easy. It becomes super obvious. But how do you get like for like, obviously, like we all have our own process. You're in the moment, you're essentially selling yourself on something yeah. versus just giving into it. And I think that's kind of what adults do. Like they do what feels good. Kids do what feels good, like in this two second moment where adults can actually step back and like have thoughts about their thoughts and be like, well, how I'm going to forecast this and how I'm going to feel tomorrow. Hmm. But when you're hangry or you're so hungry and you're like, well, you just get the fuck it's in your system. Yeah. How, what do you do then? Like, how does that, like for me, if I'm, and, it, and it'll happen too, like I'm getting hungry now and I'm tired of shit. Uh, but what I'll do is like, we'll do this, I'll pound the water and stuff that I have. And I'm like, maybe I'll go grab a Koya or something and kind of finish my day. But being super hydrated, or if I get home and I don't eat until let's say 
six o'clock tonight if I make it that far. I'll go home, pond water. I'll take athletic greens. I'm not selling it. It's just what I do. And then if there's stuff around, I'm like, well, I'll grab some carrots or hummus or something, and I'll chew on those while I wait to make my food. Mm-hmm. Like, what is your process at that point? Or do you get to the point where you're, like, so hangry or hungry and you're like, well, I'm thinking about just eating chips, but I'm going to do this instead. Yeah. So for me, a big piece of it was sort of like knowing that tendency, which I think is how most people are, is knowing the tendency of, okay, the main situation we want to avoid is one where you're starving and there's no food options and you hadn't thought about it until right now. Like, no, nothing good is happening in that moment. So for me, it was kind of like, instead of relying on discipline and willpower in that moment how do I create the environment to be easier to make the healthy choice? So planning ahead my meals, meal prepping stuff, knowing, for example, okay, I'm doing this at noon on a Friday and I'm going to be hungry for lunch afterwards, but not thinking about it till you're starving or have you already thought about it, decided, you know what I mean? So it was much more like planning so that when those things came up, it was much easier. And if you do it long enough, you'll just make a better choice regardless of what's going on. And I think that's what maybe in fitness as professionals, we sometimes do people a disservice. I don't mean you or I specifically, but I'll bring this up because John Berardi posted it the other day. How many he was here like a month ago. Yeah. And you see the guy, he's 48 and he fucking looks like Rambo still. Amazing. And obviously he's forgot more shit about nutrition than most people will ever learn. And he made a post on Instagram And he's just like, hey, this is not what I do every day, but I'm traveling. And here's what, like, the best choices were. And I think it was. Oh, I saw that, yeah. Like a beef jerky Jack Links, like a Kind Bar and like a Dr. Pepper or something. Yeah. And and he prefaced it. And that's the thing that kills me. And I like messaging him, like, as he's posting. (laughs) Because I can see, I can just see the wheels turning in people already. They're crushing this guy. Now, obviously, if you guys listen, he's, he knows everything under the sun. And for him on the road, like, first of all, there's nothing wrong with a kind bar. There's nothing wrong with a diet soda. And, yeah, is Jack Link's the greatest beef jerky of all time? No. But when you're in the airport, it probably is. And it's probably, I don't know, 15 grams of sugar. Yeah. But who gives a shit? Yeah. Yeah, we we crush people and we're like, well, you can't do that when you're on the road because this is sugar in it. Yet if that's the best choice available, it's the best choice available. Exactly. And if he's doing that seven times a day every day, then, no, maybe it's not. But this is one like kind of a one-off moment yeah Yeah, we make in as a profession people feel bad about these things and we vilify these foods and there's nothing inherently wrong with a certain kind of beef jerky if it has a couple grams of sugar in it if you're doing it like in moderation like anything yet i think people get so this almost like you know paralysis by analysis of like well i'm in the airport i can't eat anything fuck it so they eat nothing and they're not like from the fasting world and then they get to where they're going and they're starving and they eat 6000 calories of shit i'm like well would it have been better just to maybe have had 400 calories of what you're going to eat earlier totally exactly and it's it's exactly that it's like not being so extreme or so obsessive that you forget that your real life is going to come up in this whole thing. Like you can't just say I'm never going to eat blank again. Well, it's, and again, you're going to eat worse stuff than that anyway. And I'll hear uh, the example I give, and this is a real life example here. People say, Oh, well, you know, I ate, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, to eat that many carrots cause there's sugar in them. And I'm like, dude, you just ate fucking cold stone two weeks ago. Yeah. What do you give a shit? Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. like that's insanity. Or like, Oh, fruit is too many carbs. I'm scared of fruit. 
And I mean, I've heard that before too. And I get if you want to like save some of your stuff for like certain kind of like treats and things, that's fine. But I'll always go back to if you, uh, my point, you'll never get fat because of bananas. It's yeah. not going to be the thing. I just, I refuse to believe it if it's solely that. If, if you're telling me like that's the most sugar packed thing you eat every day and you eat three bananas every day and you love them and you're exercising and the rest of your food is like vegetables and protein, you're fine too. You're good. But people don't want to believe that. The problem is they don't want to give up all the other shit. Yeah. The booze, the, the chips, the cookies and, and everything else that comes with it. So obviously how, as you've gone through this now being, you know, in a, what I would consider probably like your ideal kind of weight range. Yeah, totally. How do you like stay motivated or is this just like, you're just like, Hey, this is just who I am now. There's really no, there's really no way I could go back. Or is there like certain things in your mind where it's like you kind of fight that old 300 pound person? Um, at this point, um, it is not, it sounds weird to say, but it's not really like difficult at this point. There's no risk of gaining the weight back. There's no, uh, concern every day, anything like that. It's kind of, this is what I do. This is how I feel. I enjoy it. I feel great every day. I eat pizza occasionally. I drink too much beer occasionally and everything's fine. You know, so at this point I've, I'm completely in love with fitness. I'm completely in love with how I feel every day. Like I wake up feeling great. Like that's weird. That's amazing. Like, I'm just like, I feel great. Why would I make a decision to not do that? It's kind of how I am now. It's not really like a challenge each day. And that's kind of the, the mindset change and like the self-confidence shift that happens when you make a transformation like this, where I think people, totally. uh, like when we title this, we'll title like 130 pound, like weight loss, and then a million people will listen to it because that's a sexy hook. If I titled it like mindset change, yeah. you'll be like, fuck that guy. Mindset tips are like, fuck this guy. Yeah. But that, to be honest though, and again, the, the having 130 pounds gone is a life changer in, in the biggest sense. But I think because you've lived through it even more so, it's probably like the way that you think about your life and the self-confidence you have, like when you walk into a room, whether you realize it or not, probably you're not like when you get on an airplane, you just get on an airplane now. Yeah. When you walk into a room, you're not the 300 pound guy. And I hate to say this, but your body's your business card. It just is. And for, for better or worse, the biggest thing we discriminate in this world is about people who are attractive and not attractive. It's just the truth. Mm. Like Brad Pitt wasn't going to work at fucking Starbucks. Like it just wasn't going to happen, right. right? Brad Pitt's going to be Brad Pitt. Like yeah. something was going to happen for him. Like, you know, Beyonce, these are all talented people. I go, but they're all beautiful humans. Like there's something when they walk in a room, it's different. If mm. I was 400 pounds, no offense, you guys aren't listening to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast. Like you're just right. not going to do it. Yeah. Like I, I would love if you did. Yeah. But it won't happen. Yeah. So you're, I'm sure your whole, the way that you think about everything and the way when you walk in rooms and you're just like, yeah, I'm like a, I'm like a fit dude. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the mindset shift is the biggest thing. It's like if we can – I mean, just thinking about anybody. It's like if you can figure out the habit piece and the mindset shift and also like the willingness to understand that the process itself is what you need to focus on instead of the outcome, all those things, like the eating is – easy all of a sudden and the workouts become easy because your expectation of what a workout is or your definition of what a workout is might be totally different than you thought it was and so it's like if you can figure out the mindset piece you can just apply it to anything whereas now I sort of feel 
I feel like I have this mental like shield where I'm like, put me in any situation. I'm good. Like I've already done something much tougher than this. Well, I think if you can transform like your flesh, it's one of the short of like life altering, like you're battling cancer, you're doing some really like, right, crazy shit. In a normal life setting, this is the hardest thing people will probably do. Yeah. Because if you look at it, I don't know how many people graduate college in a year. I could pull it up. I'm sure it's got to be like hundreds of thousands of people. And I'm not saying it's not a great goal, but like you fucking try a little bit. Like, yeah, you, you'll do it. Like, I'm not saying like you're at Harvard, but like any other normal school, like you'll figure it out. But not a lot of people can pull themselves out of being 300 pounds, eating like complete shit, can't even really walk home from a grocery store. Like, it's a really, it's a rare thing. Yeah. And if you can do that mentally, you can probably do almost anything else. 100%. And that's the whole thing is it's like all mental. And the person I've become and the ability to be okay with a situation where you're not good at something and or being uncomfortable. Like, I remember back into the fitness piece, it's like, the first workout we did, I remember the very first thing we did was like a low, like a plank hold. And I was like 10 seconds, literally. Now think about that today. Now how long can you do today? So the longest, this is, this is cool. The longest I've ever done was I did a 10 minute plank. That's fucking crazy. Which, what is the record? It's like nine hours or 10 hours? So yeah, the record's like, like something crazy. I think it's nine and a half hours. First of all, it sounds <laughs> fucking terrible. Like I don't even know how it's possible. 10 minutes was horrible. I didn't plank for... Almost a year after, I was like, "Fuck this!" But we do like was, minute yeah. minute blocks in the groups, yeah. And the people who are like strong can can do them. Uh, but you start We're to tough. melt. You start to shake. Yeah, and melt real quick. I remember it's so interesting, like because we would, especially when I was already kind of fit and like in it, we'd start each of our workouts with a plank and first ten seconds, and we built. I mean, this ten minutes—that's a couple of years. But you know, after three minutes, you're like, "Oh, this is interesting." After like minute six at your like just things start to happen where you're just like what the hell is going on like my quads are on fire and like these muscles just like jump into it because your body's like on life support at that point yeah (laughs) and then the last couple minutes of that is just all mental where you're like this is crazy so think about that like you go from the first day 10 seconds and that's what i for people who are listening if you're at 10 seconds is there ever in that day specifically you ever think in your head like you know what one day you'll be able to do this for 10 minutes. It seems like that's impossible. Right. Yeah. Because you're so far away. Yeah. It's so far away. And it's also, I think, going back to the mindset piece is like the the thing that worked was being like, I'm really bad at this. Like, I'm horrible at exercising at the time. Like, at exercising, I am very bad at this thing. Well, it's like you never I've done, never done it before. You've never done it. Totally. But so instead of beating myself up and being like, you know what? drone is going to kick my ass and that's scary and I don't want to do this. I'm like, well, if I just show up, this is like almost funny in a weird way. Like, what am I doing here? Like, I'm doing this thing that I'm not really like the person who does this thing. And if I can have that kind of like beginner's mind to it where you're like, it's okay to be terrible at this as long as I keep showing up, like nothing bad will come of that. That's fine. And like the hardest part of any workout is showing up. Like, everybody knows that. Like, once you're there, the toughest part is done. Like, anything at that point is positive. Well, the, you said it, too. Like, the key is if you can have a beginner's mind for most things in life, I think you'll be better off. Yeah. If you're always willing to learn and and to listen. But, again, for you, at the starting point, like, what do you have to lose? Like, you're already terrible. Yeah. You already and suck at it. I remember back to, like, on the food side that, like, make your eating decision around how you're going to feel after was kind of, like, my mantra with the exercise. I was like – 
okay, if I'm the worst person in the gym at doing whatever, a bicep curl, then if I'm doing it next to 20 other people, I'm getting the most benefit from every rep. Yes. And that changed it where instead of being like, I'm terrible at this, I was like, I'm actually benefiting more than anybody in this whole gym. Like, that's cool. And so like doing the same curl, all of a sudden you're enjoying it and you're like, I'm improving myself. Like, this is actually fun. This is actually cool. Like I'm actually better than this guy next to me when you put that lens on it than how I used to think about it, which is I'm not supposed to be here, you know? Well, I've had this I had this talk with Colleen Fosh. I think we did it after the podcast. If you've seen her, yeah, she's she's like super fit. Yeah, she's a <laughs> she's a, in the most loving way, Colleen. She's the biggest freak show. Um, super proud. One of the biggest freaks I've ever met in my life. And we're talking, and she's like, you know, I'll get comments where people will say, well, you know, it must be easy for you. And although she has a base and she's a Division One All American, National Champion, all the stuff, you know, twentieth fittest woman in the CrossFit Games. I told her, I go, well, I frame it this way. I tell everybody, I'm like, you should be way more motivated than me. Now, albeit there's financial incentives and my name attached to it and legacy and all these things. But what am I getting out of doing the workout that you did today? Am I going to get way stronger, way faster, way bigger, way leaner at this point? No, I'm a 38-year-old dude. I'm like, I'm just trying to fucking hold on for dear life to everything <laughs> that I have. And, you know, I'm not saying it's diminishing returns. I go, but there's only so much of a genetic potential you can cap out at a certain age and, and being realistic with it. And then is the juice worth the squeeze of me like ripping something, pulling something and, and like dying. Cause I'm so fucking stupid mm. where if you're the beginner, you're only winning yeah. for so long. And like your mobility will increase so your endurance. Everything will be better for you. And I know it doesn't seem that way cause you're not seeing the <clears> results <throat> just yet. I go, but you're making these massive gains in a six month to a year time frame that someone like me could never make. Right. Probably ever again the rest of my life. Yeah. And you're going to catch up all that ground. Exactly. Super quick. Totally. And like, that's a perfect example of like a mindset shift changes everything where it doesn't, again, it doesn't matter what the workout was that day. And I always think this too, like nobody looked back on their life and went, you know, that workout I did on October 13th, 1997, that's what got me fed. Like, no, nobody remembers any of them after a while. It's just like, Consistency. So on any given day, if you can put that lens on it, it sort of doesn't even matter what you're doing any given workout as long as you keep showing up. And that for most people, I would say that's that is the key. Is you know you can obviously programming matters and there's certain things right. that go in with that. But for most people, like the general fitness person, the couch to athlete who just works out a couple times a week, wants to live their life, like if you just consistently show up and do something. Versus doing nothing, I'm like, you're going to be okay. Totally. So for people who are looking to, you know, the normal, they're looking for a quick fix. Um, they just want to do it fast. They want it to happen overnight. They got maybe 30, 40, 50 pounds to lose, maybe 100, who knows. Um, what do you tell them? Because you've been through it and you've done it and you tried the quick fix shit. You know, what is your advice to those guys? Yeah, I would always say you have to ask yourself the question, um, A, what's your goal? And be able to define it. And then B, the question of, and then what? That's how I always think about it. So most people, the goal is, I want to lose 30 pounds. It stops there. And then if you ask, okay, and then what happens? It's like, oh, shit. Did you, did you learn something that you can sustain for life? Or do you gain it back? And most of those 
fad diets, crash diets, whatever you want to call it, or quick fix things. It's like you're not actually tuning inward and raising your awareness and learning about your habits and your tendencies and your mindset about the weekend versus weekdays or any of that. You're just like, how many calories do I eat per day and how do I get through this day to lose X pounds? And so the first thing I'd say for anybody is you have to set the goal and then figure out the habits that actually apply to your real life that will get you there but by the time you've gotten there, you've already won because you have the habits. And for, I don't think so much people get confused where, and I'm not saying you can't do Weight Watchers or Jenny Craig or insert whatever the thing yeah. is. The question we always ask is, well, then what? Mm-hmm. Are you going to eat, you know, what is Weight Watchers points? It's a point system. Is yeah. it food too? Do you eat their food or is it your food? Um, there are options. So there's sort of a point system where, you know, chicken breast is, one point, this is one point, pizza's one point, or, or pizza's four points, or whatever, yeah. So if you do that, are you going to do the point system till you're 90? Right. Because I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. saying that because essentially, as soon as you stop doing the point system, if you haven't learned how to eat or what foods to eat and what agrees with your body and what's helping you progress, how are you going to maintain the results that you got from that protocol? Exactly. That's why I'm not a fan of, like, we don't do meal plans here because I think, in my opinion, they don't really work. Because I can tell you what to do on a Wednesday, but if you get stuck in traffic or your kid gets sick and now you can't make that food or that meal, if you don't have the skill to adjust and take those same portions or macros and fit them in, what good is that meal plan for you? Exactly. And even if you yeah. could follow it to a T perfectly, then you go to Hawaii for a week on vacation and all bets are off. And it's like, fuck it. So we just always go lifestyle based for most things. Exactly. Yeah, because you can't. You can't anticipate it when you start something that your cousin's wedding is going to come up nine months from then and derail your progress. It's like you have to figure out the habit approach instead of just like, well, I'm just going to eat this every day forever. So doing all this uh, basically kind of compelled you to get into fitness as like a career now. Yes. So what does that, uh, what does that look like? What do you guys so, do? So uh, Optimized Health is the company. We are an integrative health coaching company, and we basically take a lot of the things that we've been talking about. So we combine accountability, habit development, and extreme uh, personalization, and we help people hit their health goals and then sustain those results. So it's virtual health coaching. It's all on Zoom. There's myself and four other coaches, so five total. And we set it up in a way where you are partnered with the coach that kind of fits your specific goals or areas you're trying to uh, improve. And then you and your coach are doing weekly sessions on Zoom. And in those sessions, kind of exactly what you had just said, talking about the lifestyle, um, in those sessions, you're mapping out your health plan for the week together, setting goals, which habits are we working on. And then every week, you basically have a set of priorities based on your conversation, kind of actions to do that week that are actually around your real life. And it helps break down these large goals, lose 30 pounds or train for something or whatever that goal is into a system where you can basically just crush it for six days and everything resets in your next session. So in a session, for example, that could be everything from talking through, let's make a grocery list together for the week, or let's make your workout plan for the week, all the way to specific things like, it's my friend's birthday, Friday night, everybody's ordering pizza, we're going to this restaurant. I don't want to be the guy 
sitting on the end of the table ordering a side salad. What do I do? Yeah. And we're looking at the menu together and mapping it out. So then when these situations like the traffic you just talked about or any of these things come up, you and your coach have already kind of talked through the solution or talked through what to do or you have real-time access to your coach. Somebody's texting, calling, emailing, and you just reroute it. And so we can kind of anticipate these problems before they happen. And the takeaway, I think most people, like you're, they're going to have to figure it out. Even you're helping them, they're going to have to figure it out on their own. Like yep. in real time, like you, it's basically you're giving them all the tools, but at the end of the day, I want people to understand like, you're going to have to make the choice when you're at the restaurant, if you're going to have drinks, if you're not going to have, yeah, if they fit your day, if they don't fit your day. I think sometimes people want a blanket answer uh, for everything. Cause we ate an Instagram poll and like people are like, well, my biggest problem is booze. And I'm like, well, I can tell you what I do and you can say what you do, but they're going to have to figure out yeah what they do. And there's protocols and there's tips, but it's understanding personality type, if it's worth it to you and all the things that kind of go into it. Yeah. And, and so, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, and understanding like that these things can change too. So like depending on your starting point, you might want to do this or need to do this now, but it doesn't mean you're going to do that for the rest of your life. You know, that can always evolve and shift. And as your progress changes, like you were saying, like your protocol needs to kind of evolve with where your body's at on any given day, month, and year. So you don't have to be so extreme where you're like, okay, you are never eating pizza again the rest of your life. That would be insane. But if it's like, hey, let's pull back pizza for now, that's one specific habit we're working on. Cool. It's a different thing. And obviously being in this for basically my whole life uh, at this point, uh, you have to grow like with your body and with your habits and with your goals and your lifestyle. And so I say that from a standpoint of a guy who I come from the, you got to kill yourself every time you're here. Like I got to die every fucking day I'm here. And this is like this dude ego shit. Whose dick is bigger. Like the heaviest shit or the biggest output. Like I'm going to kill myself. You mm -hmm. wear being tired and sore is like a badge of honor. That's the world I grew up in. Now, as I get older, you realize like I don't have to die every day. In fact, like I can't every day. And even how I eat now is so much, and I was fit and healthy five years ago, but I eat so much better now than I did five years ago. And that's just based off of mm. feel, intuition, lifestyle, my goals, choices. And that's the thing you have to be willing to just listen and learn. Even, even if you've been in it for 10 years and maybe some stuff has worked. And I know people always go back to, well, when I did this, you know, when I was 26, I'm like, well, you're 44 now. Like it ain't the same, dude. Yeah. And that's a hard pill for people to swallow uh, and to understand, like, you know, you might not be the exact same athlete. You're just a different athlete. Yeah. You're, you're a different person. And I mean, you probably could drink 20 beers and wake up and function the next day. And now you probably can't. And so you doing your own, obviously, you know, transformation, you're kind of the first. You're the obviously because you lived it. So you're yeah. the first one. But then you had your mother-in-law do kind of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So at the time, it's. It was an insane period where I had this successful music company in L.A. We had an office and a team and we had a dozen artists and it was this whole thing. And I was kind of on my personal health journey, kind of like like people knew, but kind of just like that was like my world doing my own thing separately. And then at the end of it, I got certified as an integrative, technically as an integrative nutrition health coach. So nutrition's the focus, but you work on kind of all these different pillars of health together. And my first quote unquote client was my mother-in-law. Shout out to Robin. Shout out to Robin. And um, 
she was not paying, obviously, but she'd always struggled with health, and she had had type 2 diabetes for a very long time, and I was like, hey, like, can I work with you on this? Like, I'm trying to see what this is like to work with other people, and used this kind of same protocol, but applied to her, and she lost uh, 60 pounds, and she got off all of her diabetes medication, and she is now, I mean, it's been several years now where she's, she strength trains three times a week. Uh, she's in her early 60s. She uh, walks at least 10,000 steps a day. She eats healthy. She's like sustained it for years. So that was awesome. And then, you know, she posted her before and after photo on Facebook. And one of her friends like emailed me the next day. And was like, hey, I saw Robin's Facebook post. Like, I'm looking to work on my health too. And so I started working with her. And then a friend of mine who worked in music, Andrew, um, who's awesome, had – we were on like a work call talking about something music-related. And at the end of the call, he's like, by the way, like, I saw like you reposted this woman, Robin. Like, you worked on this health thing. Like, I've been, you know, trying to improve my health, whatever. He's like, do you – He's like, are you like a coach? Are you doing this? And at that moment, like I'd been think I was do not officially doing anything. I didn't have a website and whatever. Yeah. So like, we all start. Yeah. Friday afternoon. And um, I'd been thinking about it, but kind of was too scared and unsure and whatever. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, how much does it cost? And I was like, oh, I'm still like adjusting. You know, let me get back to you Monday, whatever. And over the weekend, I worked like like 50 hours, like built the website, my brother Dylan designed our logo and Monday morning like emailed him like oh yeah here's the website like here's everything as if it had existed I'm a, I'm a legit business yeah <laughs> yeah all of a sudden and you know he was my first paying client and you know he lost 20-ish pounds and you know saw results and did great and you know very slowly this became like somebody would work with me we'd kind of apply this unique unique ish approach and it worked and then they would tell their friend and all the referrals and referrals and referrals um and it got to a place where it was like hilarious and insane where i was like you know had been known forever as the music guy and i have this successful business and the artists i work with are touring all over the world it's like all this very cool flashy stuff and i'm like you know rescheduling a meeting with the CEO of Capitol Records so that I can talk to Robin about her, you know, step count for the week. Which is crazy. And, <laughs> which is insane. But it's more fun. Yeah. And so it was just like that sort of thing. Um, and when that started to happen, I was like, oh, helping people with this, this matters. Like, this is what I want to do. Um, and it's really just spiraled from there. Um, got to a point where I was doing it full time. Um, I decided to dissolve my music company, helped all my artists get new managers. Um, and it's been a couple of years now of just full-time health coaching. And like I said, we have five coaches now and, um, it's going amazing. It's crazy. And you tell them to exercise and eat real food. So, <laughs> so weird. What an insane protocol you guys suggest <laughs> people to do. It's wild. But I think, you know, it's interesting. Like the thing that's really worked is having gone through it, Pretty much, not every scenario, but almost every consultation we do or every type of client that's coming in, regardless of what stage they're at, like, I've been there. I'm like, oh, you want to lose 100 pounds? I know exactly, like, I can tell you. Or, like, 
you're already at a happy weight and you want to improve your fitness, got that too. Like whatever it is, yeah. like cool. Like nobody's nobody's coming in worse than where I started. So no, I mean you could meet someone, I guess, but like it's. I think we've had like a couple. I mean, we've had hundred pound people here, but never more than a hundred. Yeah, a hundred's like the. That's it. Kind yeah. of the because that's I mean fuck dude that's it's a lot because I think some people and I could be wrong I think when they get past that they kind of just punt it and they're like they just feel I think I'm sure like the I picture like a hole right like if you dig a hole in the ground let's say you got ten pounds to lose it's like a it's like a one foot hole you step out of it you can kind of move if you're 130 pounds it's like a 13 foot hole you yeah. can't jump out of that shit yeah you can't really crawl out of it I mean like it's incremental. And I sadly feel some people feel like this hopelessness at that point. Yeah. And I think what's interesting is, and what's really cool, honestly, is looking at like the range of people where like, like you and I are talking about all these mindset tips and, you know, reframing one thing as something else and all this kind of stuff. Like all of that can apply to anybody on any sort of health journey. So it's like, regardless of the starting point, regardless of if it's a weight specific goal, like the majority of our clients don't even have specific weight goals they're just trying to maybe get more consistent in a routine or you know more consistent with their cooking or whatever that is it's like these mindset shifts can apply to anything and so it's interesting looking at the general population where you're kind of like the fascinating thing is everybody pretty much everybody has some sort of health goal or struggle and nobody knows anything about it like nobody knows anything about food what it is like it's 2022 and we don't even know if eggs are healthy like it's like people like it's just you know what i mean like there's so much misinformation and there's so much like debate around all the and in reality it's like think as small as possible on like very small decisions you can make that are going to make you feel good and build the habits and yeah it's just interesting well there's so much the internet is an amazing tool like i'll never again i say this all the time like it's a gift i'm I'm glad social exists and these things exist on the same note i fucking hate them uh as well just because there is the information is like a fire hose and it needs to be more like a faucet because it there's so much coming all the time and people are and there's the bullshit oh i need to do these wraps or detox teas and this fucking horse shit that has no purpose but then there's people getting lost in like, well, should I do goji berries and chia seeds? And like, bro, if you got a hundred pounds to lose, you don't need to give a shit about these nuanced things. Exactly. And I think in the, in fitness, and I try to tell this, the young people we work with and anybody who messages me, the things that you think don't matter are the things you probably should be sharing on social media and mm. in your emails and in your dialogue. And what I mean is these guys don't need to see how to do a Turkish getup. I mean, sure, you can right. show it. It's fine. But if you show them how to foam roll their glutes, if you show them how to grill fucking chicken or what coconut oil really is, like these basic things that you think don't matter are everything to mm-hmm. most people. Yet we get so inundated with everything and like, well, I don't know where to start. Walk, yeah. drink water, and don't eat so much bullshit. Totally. Hundred percent, and I think what's interesting on the fitness side of that too is there's you know looking at the internet, it's like so many people. The goal seems to be to like win the internet, and the only way you do that is like I always think of them as like the Harlem Harlem Globetrotters fitness moves, where you're like you see people doing like burpees into this, and then you're just like that's not even like this person just needs to like do like an overhead press and like something for the chest and a couple pulls. Like, it's just like very straightforward stuff. Yeah. Um, 
and I know you always talk about that where you're like, we just need like there. There's a reason these things work, and it's like pretty straightforward. Like we don't need to be doing, you know, ninety minute hit classes and killing ourselves and like all this kind of stuff. Well, it's odd because like I get I understand the dilemma because as a as a coach or professional, you're trying to drive business in certain ways, and there's avenues. It's half like if it's Instagram specific or YouTube or you pick one, it's half fitness. It's like half entertainment. Like you, mm. you're gaming it a little bit because if I came in here and it's like, okay guys, here's the day I just worked out before you got here. I did mobility, which is the most boring fucking thing in the world to watch and painful, yeah. uh, plate, uh, loaded reverse lunges, uh, incline slant board, uh, loaded forward <laughs> lunges, uh, plate loaded lateral lunges, and then step ups, and glute bridges is basically the most boring fucking shit you'd ever watch. Now I can make it look sexier if I put rap music to it and take my shirt off, but it's the same stuff. Right. And that's not a sexy protocol. Like there's nothing great about it, but that's what works. It works. Yeah. Or like if it's, here's my day to day, uh, walking lunges and pushing a sled for 40 minutes. Yeah. You're welcome. Totally. But that does terrible Yeah. on the internet. So I understand the dilemma yeah. that people are in, but really the most things are, it's the simple. Most things we try to share here, all the, the the six kind of basic, you know, foundations of fitness. But there is so much out there, and so I understand people's. They're just they don't know what to do or where to start, and then maybe that's a part of our problem. Yeah, as an industry. I mean, it's interesting because looking back to even what I was talking about about being intimidated by all of it, it's like part of like part of people's feeling towards fitness or fear or any of that stuff is a response to how fitness marketing has been forever. Right. So it's like, like why did I think going into it, that it was only for like meathead shirtless bros. Cause that's what doing. meathead shirtless bros <laughs> like me fucking share <laughs> right. the internet. We're assholes. Right. Yeah. So, so when you think of it that way, it's like, you know, it makes sense why there's misinformation about food. It makes sense why there's misinformation about fitness or why people feel the need, like, I can't work out unless I'm killing myself in a 60-minute hit class where I literally could die at the end of this. Like, that is a successful workout. Whereas, in reality, it's like, what if you worked out and you left being like, I want more. I can't wait to come back tomorrow. And it's 30 minutes. Like, I know your work. I mean, your workers are a perfect testament to that, where it's like, these are 30 minutes. You leave feeling better instead of feeling worse. And you, like, are ready to come back the next day. Well, you have to look at, you know, who are you serving, right? Like, if you have a goal, you want to be in the Olympics or something, or you want to be in the NFL, right. sure, it's different. But newsflash, if you don't know if those two things are for you, you're not going to be in either one of yeah. those, by the way. Uh, yeah. And for most of these guys, it fits their life, you know. And there's a lot of people, and this might hurt people's feelings, there's a lot of people we work with who work out way more than I do. Now, as I get older, if I have, you know, if my if some interests change and I have even more money, fuck it, maybe I'll do less like work stuff and I'll just like work out more. But I don't have, hey, I don't have the time most often, but two, I don't think my body can handle it. Yet I'll see somebody like, why well, I, I went for a six mile run. Then I did your workout. Then I went and did yoga afterwards. And I'm like, that's super cool. If that fits your life, I go, but is that sustainable to do four or five, six days a week? And like, I don't know, still have sex with your husband or wife and like, you know, enjoy other things. I go, right. I don't know if it is. And so we try to do things that are manageable for almost anybody. And that, to your point, you should leave feeling anything. And some days you're going to come in, like on Sundays, we come here, we die. Yeah. That's the goal. Like, don't talk, don't cry, don't quit. Just don't die. You'll be fine. 
every other day you leave here, you should feel fitter, meaning like your fitness didn't steal your fitness. The workout on Sunday shouldn't steal from the next three days from you. And you shouldn't always wake up feeling like a bag of shit. Yet I think people feel that. Or if I'm not drenched in sweat, I didn't have a great workout, which is complete bullshit too. Or if I didn't work out for 90 minutes or an hour. And again, I said this before. If you're doing these high-intensity things for an hour, you're full of shit. It, it doesn't exist. Yeah. When we do a Metcon here on a Sunday, if it's minute 40 and I'm on the salt bike, I'm like a <laughs> rag doll, bro. It looks like dog shit. Like it doesn't matter at that point. No, and even if my times are fast compared to what you're looking at, it's slow for me. Yeah. Because I don't have anything left in the tank. Like, I shared this many times before. Like, filming these video series for men's health, it's the unhealthiest I've ever been. Like, you're doing full follow-along workouts multiple times a day, having diarrhea, eating 20 cookies at night, and waking up being shredded. You look great but you feel like a complete bag of shit. Right. And so I tell people, if you're on a journey, no matter where it is, don't have fitness take away from your life. Have it add something to it. And you don't have to feel like you're going to die every single workout. And that mm. take that from me. Yeah. So as you've done this, you've transitioned from being, hey, I'm 300 pounds. Yeah. I don't, I can't even do a, a push up to obviously being super fit now. What is like the, the biggest challenge you guys see like in in the industry in general like with well, the clients we work with sure or, or again, i mean if you think the industry is fucked because of this <laughs> or and obviously clients too but yeah yeah um i think the biggest challenge the biggest challenge we see is how do you get healthier on limited time so that could be somebody coming in who has a young or newborn child and they're super stressed and their sleep is horrible and they're working in a corporate job somewhere. And it's like, yeah, I don't have time to like sit down and cook dinner every night and meal prep. And I'm not like Mary Poppins, like doing this around the house all day. So what do I do? Or somebody who just doesn't have time in that they don't think they have the time because they've never put time into it before. Um, and I think half the time with clients, what we're sort of the biggest part is trying to unpack what people think a healthy life looks like. And almost like there's almost like a period of time with somebody that comes in where you, you just need them to buy into the unpacking process without feeling like they need to see crazy results immediately. And it's sort of like, if you trust me and we just like get through this process, it's going to get there. It's going to be easy. We just got to get through this. But most people have told themselves, I need to do this, 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 and this, and that's being healthy, or I need to do this, 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 and this, and I don't have time for it, so fuck all of it. It's kind of like the, the all or nothing mentality, or they have yep. like unrealistic, I guess unrealistic expectations of what it really looks like versus you know, what they think it should look like. Exactly. Where I do think a lot of people believe, well, I have to work out for one hour every single day, and I have to eat, you know, three perfect meals of this, and I have to get nine hours of sleep. And if I don't have my perfect Lululemon outfit on, and my fucking, you know, AirPods aren't charged, this day is going to be shit. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's a huge piece of it is like that unlearning process where you're like, why do you think that's what a workout is? Why do you think a healthy dinner has to be this? Like, I like tell me, like actually articulate it to me. Like, why do you think that? And it's like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Like well, nobody's ever asked me like why I think that or because I've seen 
my friend, my friend did this and it worked for them or whatever. And it's like, cool. So let's like remove everything you've seen your friend do, remove everything you've seen in a previous program or what you've told yourself being healthy means. And let's start with like, what's your schedule this week? Like, what do you have? What are your work hours? What social plans do you have? What do you have? Okay, cool. So what are our windows working backwards from that? What windows of time do you have to yourself? Okay, let's write it out. We have this, 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 and this. Cool. Let's decide together how we want to use those specific windows. That's all you have to do this week. And then Tuesday morning, I'm texting that person. Like, hey, just a reminder, we said this. Like, text me after this happens. Well, it's, I guess, unmarrying your your brain from the ideas you had to understanding, like, anything that you can do consistently will work and be better than nothing. Almost like microdosing, uh, if you guys do drugs, um, you can do it. But it's just—it's not just for drugs, but that's the most popular term. Uh, but when you do it for workouts, right? Like you think, like, okay, I only have ten minutes here, but doing ten minutes of walking lunges, and then maybe you don't have free time until six hours later, and you got ten more minutes, and you do, you know, a ten-minute every minute on the minute like push-up, imam. Now we just did a lower body, upper body, basic shit. And you're telling me if that's all you can do every Wednesday, but you did that 52 times a year, that's not going to pay off. You're doing 5,000 push-ups and literally like hours of walking lunges. Like those are huge things. But yet we feel like, well, if I can't get to the gym or I can't do all of it at one time, it's worthless. And I go, that's just not the case. Exactly. And it's also like I'm thinking there's this one woman um, that I'm working with now where she came in. She has a young child. She's super intense corporate job, burnt out. And we're talking through her fitness plan, and she's like, all right, I have a 45-minute window Monday through Friday from 7.30 to 8.15 a.m. So I'm going to do, you know, this Monday, this Tuesday, and it's like five days in a row, super intense hit classes, like really intense stuff. And I'm like, she's like, what do you think? I'm like, okay, the best thing we could do is like we're going to take Wednesday, take that 45 minutes, that's going to be a rest day, and use that 45 minutes to map out your meals for the week. That's like way more beneficial for the course of your week than that extra 45 minutes of a hit workout. And then all of a sudden you're set for the week and food becomes easy and you had limited time and we figured that. So it's like, yeah, exactly what you're saying where it's like, it doesn't have to be, I either killed myself or I didn't get a good workout. It, it should be something that adds to your day instead of like takes the final bit of energy you have left and, <laughs> and that's it. And you're depleted after. Well, it's odd because it's hard to, get people to invest in the activities outside of just being sweaty. Uh, we've seen it here for mm. years. So we've, we have had a game. I've talked about this before. It's interesting. Yeah. Where every fourth week we used to do like a mobility uh, and foam rolling, like tissue work day on a Friday. And this is, you know, ten, over 10 years ago where like LA fitness doesn't have foam rollers 10 years ago. No offense, LA fitness, but right. maybe drone had them. <laughs> Nobody else. Oh yeah. And, uh, so we would do that, and then a group would go from 20 people to, like, six people. And they're like, fuck it. We don't need to do mobility. We just need to be sweaty. And I'm like, well, now I'm watching you, dude. Like, you do need to do it. Yeah. But it was a hard sell. And now we basically, over time, like, well, I need to get these guys to do this. Now we just build it into the groups so they can't mm -hmm. really hide. But the point of me sharing that story is people aren't willing to invest 10 minutes in mobility because they don't think it matters. They'd rather be like, well, I need to be sweaty burning calories because I ate like shit, not realizing – if they're more mobile, 
They'll move better. They'll feel better. They can get through bigger ranges of motion, more hypertrophy. They can build more muscle, blah, blah, blah. It's the same thing. How I look at about food. People are like, well, I don't want to track my food on my fitness pal. I don't want to do any meal prep. I don't want to cook. I don't want to map out my food or even just like write on a post-it, you know, maybe what I'll eat the next day just to be mindful of what's coming. Although that 10 minutes of tracking the macros or, or meal prepping or planning, that 10 minute investment is just as beneficial, if not more so than you riding the assault bike for 10 minutes. Totally. But it's hard to sell people on that because it, that, that narrative has never been pushed, like not in school, not anywhere. And, and we're doing a better job of it. But still, most people are like, well, I just need to just kill myself. And that's going to solve most of the problems. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, because to your point, it's like with people's attention span, for example, today, if somebody's scrolling through Instagram or on TikTok or something, it's like they see option A is a shirtless person doing burpees and fuckers (laughs) i'm gonna post a shirtless burpee video tomorrow specifically because let me know so right (laughs) i swear to god i'm going to tomorrow burpees and burpees shirtless bear crawls 100 or option b is somebody chopping veggies and putting them in tupperware for the week like the burpees win that ain't sexy you know what i mean and burpees suck dude burpees are the worst thing in the world yet people would still rather do that as much as they hate them then chop up vegetables. Yeah, exactly. And so the interesting thing is if you're taking 10 minutes to chop veggies for the week or 10 minutes to literally with a piece of paper write out Monday I'm eating this for dinner, Tuesday I'm eating this, cool, that becomes my grocery list. Like doing that in 10 minutes, the overall health benefit for that week is going to be 100 times more for if you eat those foods the rest of the week than your 10 minutes of burpee. You know what I mean? It's like it's just – it's hard to get people initially in based on the stuff that actually works sometimes. It's a hard sell. Uh, but again, when you, and that's, that's the hard part that the industry or the profession's in because like you need people to buy into what you're doing and you need them just to reach out to you, connect to you, whether it's be through referrals or leads or advertisements or marketing or whatever. And once you get them in, then it's okay. But yep. it's hard to get them in. And I, we always say that it's sizzle and steak. So, like, the shirtless burpees is just sizzle. It's bullshit. Yeah. Um, not that they don't work, but I'm like, you don't have to be a shirtless asshole in doing them like me. Uh, <laughs> but when people come in, then you give them the real stuff. And then they can buy into it. So, it's just, it's a tough place to be in. Yeah. And it's true. It's like you do, to an extent, need something to get the entry point. And then it's like, all right, you're here. Now let's actually talk about this stuff. And that's what it really is. It's like most things in life, honestly, when you see things at face value, what actually produced them is, I'm not saying like the exercise doesn't produce it because it does, but that's one level. And Mm. then it's, there's sleep, there's mobility, there's tissue work, there's the nutrition, there's supplements, there's all the things that basically make that in, it's, it's, I guess context matters and it's, it's super nuanced when you really dig down to it. Yeah. And I think though, what you do an awesome job of, honestly, is... I think what's interesting is you are in the position where on one hand, you're kind of like, okay, I'm posting it, but you're literally saying as you're posting things, hey guys, just so you know, I'm posting this, but this is not necessarily the long-term strategy. Like you're very transparent around it, which is awesome because most people aren't like that. Most people are like, join my program where we will do burpees together and you'll get shredded. Like, and it's no, like, it's I like, hate them just as much as you guys yeah. do. Do we do them? Yeah. I usually do them in the groups. Cause I don't want to do them. Do I do them on myself? No. Right. They're terrible. 
Um, we'll do like little segments. We film so much stuff here for actual programs. Mm-hmm. So like then I'll go through the workout. Yeah. But usually I'm just like you guys. I'll build in the things in a group setting. That way I can't hide from them. Yep. And I have to do them like everybody else. But the truth is, is like the stuff that got you there is just the basic boring shit. It's the little habits. That's what makes almost anybody successful at anything. It's the little, it's the things you do when no one's watching. hundred percent. That typically adds up. So if you look at the predictions of like the next five to 10 years of like overweight and obesity numbers, it's projected to skyrocket. I think the overweight was like nearly everybody in 10 years is like the study I saw. Yeah. And then obesity was like close to 50 percent 45 which is fucking nuts to say but i i believe it in the trajectory that i look at the world today so knowing that like how do you how does that ship write itself is it even possible to like or is that just this is just inevitable well i think it's interesting because i think there's sort of two layers to it if we're sort of thinking about it um one is the kind of one-to-one, somebody discovering this, somebody working with a coach, somebody working with a trainer, whatever that is. And then two is kind of these larger, more systematic changes, right? Where it's like much slower moving, you know, is it revamping lunch programs in schools? Like that is a big undertaking, you well, know? there's so much money. And there's so much money you're fighting against. And, you know, misinformation in food is like there's like a multi-billion dollar food marketing industry you're fighting against too so it's like people are confused when they see it you know cereal box and it says heart healthy and they're like oh so it must be healthy you're like what is heart like what does that even mean like that's that's made up shit (laughs) you know what i mean so on the systematic level i think that's where i don't want to say real change but like much larger change can obviously happen because you're institutionally kind of changing things but Knowing how slow that is, I think everybody who cares and is working kind of for the right reasons in this space should be thinking as micro as possible, where it's how do I impact my local community, the city I live in? Like, what can I do right around here? And you hope that just as in a new kind of coaching business or anything else, you're relying on that ripple effect of referrals and whatever else. If the local community is seeing benefit, that becomes a blueprint for other things, and that can sort of scale up from there. So it's not necessarily just trying to fight, you know, whatever forces at B, and it's kind of like, how do I think smaller impact more people around me and hope that that ripple effect uh, takes place? Yeah, because I don't think, I mean, I'm trying to think, it was a documentary, maybe? I'm trying to remember. I think it was, I don't want to throw him under the bus. What's to say company? I think it was the Schwann's. Did you guys have a Schwann's man? No. Like in the Midwest? No. The Schwann's man is like, shout out to my people in Minnesota. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Yeah, Wisconsin, uh, Iowa, I think. I think I've seen one here too, though. It's like a yellow like truck. They drive around, like ice cream man. Okay. Except it's like Got not it. just ice cream, it's like pizza and everything else. Love that. And uh, so, and it's a bigger food company. I don't know if it was Schwann's though, so maybe not. But we used to eat Schwann's push-ups as kids. They are great. Uh, straight sugar, frozen sugar, bullshit. Uh, but they had a deal where maybe it was them or somebody else. There's a deal with the school systems where they got uh, tomato paste um, passed as a vegetable um, on the pizza yep. to be included for school lunch, and that netted them a contract of I don't know, probably a couple hundred million dollars. Yep. And that's what you're you're up against that ketchup too. Yeah, ketchup counts as a vegetable. And yeah. you don't, you're not. There's no money in fitness compared to those guys. Right. Like there's nothing. 
there's not like you can say like whoever you think's crushing it. Oh, Peloton's crushing it. They mean nothing compared to General Mills. Right. They're nothing compared to PepsiCo. Like they're just not. And I'm not knocking on these guys. I'm a, I'm a capitalist. I'm a fan of like people making money. Like sell whatever the fuck you want. If you want to sell, you know, cigarettes, go crazy, bro. It's the it's the end user who wants to do it. Am I a fan of them? No, I'm not. I go, but people should have the right to if they want to drink 20 sodas a day, but they have to live with the consequence of that. The problem is there's just no education around it at a young age. Right. And it's accessible for pennies and the dollar to everybody. And like with how busy people are, technology is a one-way street. We're not going backwards. So it's only more metaverse, you know, bullshit. Yep. My fear is that like this is a runaway train. And like you can – like I'll, I can lead from the front and infect people with being healthy. You can do the same. I go, but you're up against like – it's just a David and Goliath thing for sure. Yeah. Well, and it also becomes like, how are you spending your time in the day? Which is interesting where it's like, if on one hand I can wake up and work with people and these specific humans that I know and work with are benefiting and that's how I'm spending my time or option B is I'm working against, you know, government legislation and that's how I'm spending my day. Like what's going to make more of an impact? It's kind of hard to be like, I'm going to go option B. You know, you're kind of like, no, this is a human that I'm affecting. You kind of think as small as possible but in a good way yeah well the cascade effect you have though it's like when you change one woman's life and then her husband sees it then her kids see it like there is a ripple effect that'll go generational with that yeah which is amazing and i think the awareness level is higher uh people are becoming it's hard because it's just tough man it's your technology and the world we've created has solved so many problems like i always go like i have this leonardo dicaprio revenant um poster up on my wall here because i always imagine like living in that time like fighting a bear and shit Mm -hmm. and like how fucking terrible like their existence is just to survive every day like literally the most miserable if you watch like um like yellowstone or like 1883 or hostels or something where it's like yeah that time frame you're like god this is miserable yeah now we don't have to fight animals and like you know different tribes and shit for land but we have a different set of problems yeah where it's everything is it's it's more it's busy it's demanding and that's what's got us to this kind of cheap food sources and like lack of activity so technology has solved problems but then created a whole slew of other ones and the sort of grind culture mentality we touched on and the stress that comes with that it's like people are living under chronic stress which they've done tons of studies showing that that's actually the root cause of most disease What's that kind of like uh, fight or flight, right? Like where you, you only had that response like a handful of times in your life, like like 100 years ago. Yep. And now people basically live it. Yeah. And what happens in your body too, it's like when your body feels that fight or flight, you know, picture a thousand years ago, if you thought you were being chased by a bear, you start craving energy dense food, which in today's world means high fat, high sugar, or your body preserves as much fat as it can because it doesn't know where its next meal is coming from. And now we have people where it's like your body doesn't know the difference between getting chased by that bear and getting a stressful work email. And so all day you're just in this chronic stress, fight or flight's happening, cortisol's skyrocketing, you're craving, you know, there's a reason for stress eating, like the phrase, like that's where it comes from. And so it's like you combine all of this where it's like misinformation in food marketing and chronic stress and burnout and people sitting at desks all day and lack of access to healthy food in a lot of places in the country. And like all of it together is tough. It's a tough combo. And it just comes down to each person has to just take ownership at the end of the day. Like yeah. we can do everything, but like you just have to, 
for lack of a better term, like you just have to find a way to do it. Yeah. And I think acknowledging that and having empathy for all of this is important where people should be aware, like, Hey, it's not just like you choosing the wrong thing all the time or being an asshole or something like that. It's like there are systematic environmental reasons for all of this, but that's not necessarily an excuse to not improve yourself. You can be aware of it and then learn from it and then build from there. And it's like, or you can just blame the system and not do anything. Well, it's tough, man. I mean, like the game is obviously, it's rigged against you for sure. Yeah. Uh, I do think that. So I have empathy for people there. Definitely. And obviously if you have to travel for work, uh, you know, you got four kids, like, as I'm older now and I've done this for a long time and I've met enough people where when I was probably 25, I'm like, well, I just can't understand why, you know, Randy can't just eat fucking protein and veggies. What a lazy ass. And then you realize like, well, Randy's in charge of a company that's doing $300 million a year. He's got three kids and he travels, you know, 22 weeks out of the year. His life is fucked and he has to reverse engineer and fix a million things of how he got here and start like doing some lifestyle assessment. Exactly. Which yeah. it's tough to do. And again, I have, I have empathy for people because I'm like, I don't know your financial situation or your home life situation and what your work and, and personal demands are. And the more complex your life is, obviously this sadly becomes like something on the back burner. Yeah. And I think you're totally right. It's like you have to have empathy for it because it's not somebody's fault. It's like a systematic, like we're living in a world that encourages an unhealthy lifestyle every step of the way all the time. Well, that's why I always say like, well, for multiple reasons, like I live here in Scottsdale, but I don't really live here. Like I drive around, but I don't really fit in to the world. And I love it here, but it's just different. Yeah. And I just don't get into the, and I work hard for sure, but I don't partake in all the things where I could eat at a different restaurant here every day for probably the next like five years. Yeah. And it would be amazing. I'd feel and look like a bag of shit but I better be a great culinary experience. So it's like just setting guardrails and understanding like what the goal is, obviously. Yeah. But I do feel for people because it is a tough, especially the longer, the older you are, the longer you've been doing something where you had this, you know, come to Jesus moment or whatever you want to call it at 25 where somebody's probably listening and they're 45 and they're like, well, fuck, what do I do? Totally. And I think exactly to that point, you have to think when you're starting this journey, whatever that journey looks like, um, okay, if it took me 30, 40, 50 years of tiny decisions to sort of equal where I'm at today, I can't expect myself in a 30-day, you know, quick fix sort of thing to fix it all. Like if it took 40 years to get here, it's probably not going to happen in six weeks. You have to kind of like be willing to dig in and go through the process instead of just like how quickly can I get this off and move on because that doesn't really happen no and the cool thing with fitness is like you don't have to put like to build a successful career in america i love it here i'm not going to bash it but it's the most you have the most opportunity here i believe of anywhere else to start something from nothing you created a business multiple out of just fucking nonsense yeah like i mean serious i'm not trying to be an asshole but like my my name is on the wall here it's made up i didn't know what else to call it so i did my name and i put right. fitness on it i'm an idiot here we are like yours is the same way well, here's my music company. I'm sure that's as made up as Apple was yeah. from a garage. And then you're like, well, fuck it. I'm not going to play drums anymore and manage music. I'm going to do fitness. Like that's made up. That's kind of the whole, the whole world is that yeah, kind of same way. Yeah. 
which is kind of crazy to say. Um, I don't want to get lost here. I'm going to ask you just two questions and I'll get you out of here. Sure. Um, so in terms of that stuff, what is your, so obviously from going to doing nothing, what is the workout <laughs> regimen look like now years later? So obviously now, you know, we're fit, we're 180 some pounds, whatever we're like where we want. What is the kind of day to day or weekly, you know, training look like for you right now? Yeah. Um, I, so I love strength training. Um, I've always kind of had the goal of being able to do a variety of things in my fitness well. So I like to have a variety. So what it looks like now is I do three to four strength workouts a week. Um, I do one to two runs a week outside. And then what's been more recent is I've been getting more into uh, yoga and bringing that in. Because I found between lots of strength and then running, just like the yoga coming in has been like exactly what my body needed. So like specifically, I'm doing probably Monday, Wednesday, Friday strength, Tuesday yoga, Thursday day off. And then on the weekend, we'll do a long run. So like five workouts a week, two kind of rest days. Nice. Yeah. And like even walking on those days probably? Yeah, I walk, and especially, like, on really busy work days, I'll find windows where I can just go on a walk for 10, 15 minutes. Um, I just walk as much as possible. We live in a small town, so I try to just walk everywhere or bike everywhere if I can. Um, I don't necessarily track it or have, like, a step goal. I'm just, like, I just want to be moving more outside of a gym or a yoga studio, just, like, as a person moving. Well, at this point, it's probably just – it's like intuitive. It's like, yeah. it's like who you are now. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so if you were to give some people, uh, whether it's like, I don't want to say like advice, well, maybe it is, uh, to stay either positive or like driven if they're on a journey, whether it's their, you know, a small obstacle and probably you tell your the coaching clients, whether it's a monster goal, like, Hey, they got a, the people you get who have like, Hey, I got a hundred pounds to lose. Or depending on how, or whatever the goal is, if it's something that's, you know, huge, like what are the, the beginning steps you tell them to kind of take as they get started? Cause you've been through it. Yeah. I always tell people to think as small as possible and remind themselves that they're always one meal or one workout away from turning everything in the right direction. So if you're not feeling great, if you're feeling you know, I have no idea how to do this. I've spent years doing this and it hasn't worked. Or, you know, I told myself I was going to eat great on Monday and I ate something bad, whatever. It's like, don't put this pressure to get to your 100 pounds or get to your 10 pounds, like, right away. It's like, just think about the next meal, the next workout, like, one thing at a time. And these tiny, tiny, tiny decisions just add up. That momentum builds, it compounds on itself to the point where you're in it and you didn't even realize you were in it. So it's like at any given point, you're literally one meal away from making a great choice and moving it in the right direction. It's crazy how people kind of adopt that like all or nothing mentality with the food stuff and then set these arbitrary like dates on the goals. So meaning, well, it's Thursday evening and I eat like shit. Fuck it. Monday, I'll be better. Where I'm like, well, you have Friday, Saturday, and Sunday still here. To me, it's the equivalent of if I'm driving home tonight and I get a flat tire. 
I'm not going to slash the other three fucking tires. Those tires still work just fine. I'm just going to fix the one. Where people will eat like, you know, we always say like eating pancakes for breakfast is like the dumbest choice of all time. <laughs> it sounds amazing. But like what are the odds of you eating, you know, fish and chicken and vegetables the rest of the day? Most people kind of mail it in. Right. So when you get people who kind of have that, like how do you – what do you tell them? Yeah, in that situation. So I think of that momentum piece and – connect it we're talking about momentum in big kind of like over a long period of time i always in that situation remind people that momentum is also happening at all points in the day so it's like that ripple effect where if you wake up and you have a good workout in the morning you're much more likely to eat healthy the rest of the day because you're in that mindset of cool i'm a healthy person i made a good choice if you wake up and have sausage egg and cheese you know from dunkin donuts which i used to have daily sounds um yeah delicious. Um, but if you wake up and have that to your point, you're not like, all right, cool. I'm getting that salad for lunch. It's like, it all is either working in one direction or another. So if you can really think about it in, and on a different side, even not even morning routine, it's like, if you get a good night's sleep, you're waking up refreshed and you're going to have better decision-making on everything the following day. So it's like all this stuff is connected. And so just noticing the ripple effect from one tiny decision to the next is the whole thing like that's the whole thing it's not how do i get to 100 pounds or 50 pounds it's like how do i get to lunch today you know it's a little well i get i would say that too like you probably notice this over time everybody most people want to do everything all at once yeah they want to revamp like all the habits all the routines like in a single day where i didn't i ate better before i made sleep a priority right like that's a huge thing where i think in that as you go on, for me personally, because I'm like an animal, like you just start to crave feelings. Like I know 100%. what it's like when I sleep like shit or if I'm dehydrated or if I didn't eat enough or I ate the wrong things. Like you start to like really just be conscious of that and you kind of crave it like you used to probably crave booze or Arby's or whatever bullshit you used to eat. Yeah. I mean, you're exactly right. It's like you crave the feeling where you're like, I want to feel good. Like I feel so great all the time. Like why would I... Not want to, you know, but thinking small is like, cool, let's wake up and like get to breakfast, make the right choice there. Now let's get to lunch, make the right choice there. It's, it's not, you're not thinking about, I need to get to a hundred pounds every single day. No, it's uh, well, I'll ask this too quick before I let you go. Yeah. Uh, when someone comes in and they're like, Hey, I got a hundred pounds to lose. What, um, and they're like, I want to do it in the next six months. Yeah. What do you tell these guys? Because that time frame is not realistic. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because you don't want to be demotivating, right? You don't want to be like, well, that's not that's not going to happen. You. That's exactly what I <laughs> said. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> not fucking happening. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But, but you want to kind of talk through, you know what? Let's like talk through some of the habits. Let's shift our focus instead of the focus being on getting here by X days to the habits we need to develop. Let's talk through your routine. And like – what I find happening, which is interesting, is over time, without even speaking, but you might check in after three months. Hey, just wanted to check in on your goals. And it's kind of like, yeah, I, I'm aware now that I'm not really going to hit that goal by this date, but I don't care. Like, I feel great and I'm working on this. We're like, cool, let's set those goals. And like, kind of just like working collaboratively and watching the goals evolve once people have a real sense of how all this stuff works. And then you're like, that 100% we can do it. And it's like letting them discover it and adjust as opposed to 
just being like, because I also never want to say it's going to take this long because everybody's different, you know? Well, I look at it like uh, like a basketball game as I played as a kid. And you think about, you know, people like, well, they want to win, you know, the season, right? But then you you really just strip it down where all that happens because you win a possession individually. So if I win this possession and I win the next possession, and if I win enough of them, I'm going to win the quarter. And if I win enough quarters, I'm going to win the game. And that's kind of how I look at all of these things where we get so focused on, well, I have to lose the 100 pounds. If you just said, well, as long as I get good sleep, as long as I make a better food choice, then the ultimate goal is going to happen anyway. Exactly. And we get so married to these numbers. And if we, if I, if I really give a blanket statement, okay, it's a hundred pounds. Well, if you lost, you know, uh, a pound a week, every week for 52 weeks, that's 52 pounds. It's pretty fucking fast. If you did that for two years, there you go. Um, you could probably do it faster, but if you set a year on it, and we've had people who do, I think, 100 pounds, like, in a year, honestly. Yeah. Um, those are people who are, like, super obese and they weren't doing shit. And, like, the first 30 pounds, you know, just kind of just falls off by just not being such an asshole. But as you go, if you get to the end of the year and you only lost 80 pounds, that's not a failure. Right. That's a humongous success. But because we're so married to this, well, I'm not 100 pounds down and I, I lost. I don't think anybody who does it in a healthy lifestyle fashion really looks at that as, like, losing. Yeah, exactly. And you could apply that exact mindset to anything where it's like somebody comes in, they're super motivated. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's talk about your workout routine for the week. They're like, well, I'm going to work out. I think the goal should be to work out every morning. And it's like, okay, what happens if you work out five days in that scenario? They're like, well, I'm trying to work out every morning. I'm like, five days would be incredible, you know? Like, yes. So I'll be like, let's, I hear you. Let's aim for three days this week. Anything beyond that's bonus. But as long as we get three, we're good. And then the week happens and it's like, three, got it, crushed it, no problem. As opposed to the other scenario where three workouts feels like a failure, just because in their head they've been told or, you know, been meant to believe that you have to work out every day to be a healthy person. So it's like that moment. I mean, I used to, like when I was losing weight, I would literally sometimes record the sound. This is where I was like, all right, I have to get really uh, specific Yeah. Uh, to sort of game my brain. I would tell myself, all right, I want to lose about pound and a half to two pounds a week, roughly. Um, which again, for somebody losing that much, like that's a process. And let's say I lost three. The number I would write down in that notes app was two so that I could be a pound in for the following week. And like have, like I had to trick myself. It's like the momentum works. Then the next morning you're like, oh, I've already lost a pound a week or a pound this week. I'm crushing it. Great. I want to keep this rolling. So it's like yeah. momentum is everything. You just have to like find it wherever you can instead of being like, I have to lose 10 pounds a week or I have to work out seven days a week. It's like just make small choices and notice how much better you feel and then just choose the thing that makes you feel better. Well, I think too, if you're, if you're tracking stuff and the weight is fine and the dress size and pant size and body fat and all that stuff is great, but they're arbitrary numbers. It's like saying like, oh, you're rich. I'm like, well, what does that mean? You have a million dollars or you have a hundred million or you have a billion, right? So when you're tracking, I would tell people maybe track how many nights you got good sleep. Just track how many workouts you actually just showed up and did or how many like, you know, vegetables you ate for the week or how many days you didn't eat like complete shit. Yeah. Those are all trackable things too, where you can take wins, even though like, oh, my weight loss didn't move this week. I still did all these awesome things, which eventually is going to bring me to my goal. Right. Which is a simple task to do too. 
it's just being kind to yourself basically. Yeah. And like the weight loss goal will happen, but it'll happen as a result of these little decisions, not because you were focusing on the weight loss goal. And I think that's the takeaway from like this whole day and how you got to be here is you just basically looked at where you were at and said, Hey, this sucks. What I'm doing isn't working. And instead of trying to do a quick fix or no offense, some bullshit kind of dieting protocol, I need to change my entire lifestyle, but I probably can't change it all overnight. So I need to change a couple little things. Yep. And then over time, I'm going to get stronger. I'm going to be smarter. I'm going to make better decisions in terms of everything. And then eventually you evolve to this. What are you at now? Six years later? Yeah. Six years later and, you know, kept the weight off. I feeling great. All good. And that's the takeaway for people who are listening. Like if you were in a place, it's not going to happen in two weeks or probably two months. And maybe it happens in two years. And even if it does happen, what I'm saying is you're going to have to keep those same skills you learned and build on them over time if you want to keep your level of fitness or continue to be fitter. Because you probably weren't doing yoga, what, three years ago? Right, no. When did you start doing yoga? Honestly, recently. I mean, last in the last six months. In what prompted that? Just curious. Um, just more variety. Just like wanting, being like, this is something that I know would be great for me. And also, to be honest, like kind of craving that beginner's mind feeling again of like, I'm going to go in and I have no idea what I'm doing. That's like actually fun. It's kind of nice to go in and be like, I'm getting the most benefit from this class because I'm the only person who's never been in a class before. Like what kind of yoga is it? Just like- um, there's a studio in Petaluma that has like a wide variety called the Yoga Pose. So I do, usually I'll do a couple like more restorative recovery based classes and then one that's more uh, strength. That's like the flows and stuff. Where yeah. They're, yeah. Yeah. They always lose me. I'm like, this is too fast for me. Yeah. The recoverative kind of restorative ones are amazing where it's like you're holding poses for long periods of time. I mean, you leave and you're like, oh, I'm good. Like, I'm not sore at all from that strength day yesterday. Like, this works. It's just like similar to what we were talking about. It's kind of like, well, is that the most intense workout that day? Like, no, but it's actually what my body needed today. Well, I think what does yoga mean? Restorative? Like, I think that's what the word actually means is restorative or like, sure. or like unifying something like that. Someone can fact check me, but I think <laughs> that like, that's what the, yeah. I mean, it makes sense in America. We turned it into like, you got to look like a fucking pretzel. We turned it into, right. Well, let's crank up the heat in the room and let's make it as intense as possible. And it's like, no, you don't, you just need to like feel good. Well, cause again, like that's, and I'll wrap this up because that's when you say that in my mind, before I ever went to yoga, I was the fitness person who had never worked out before where I look at it like, well, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing for yeah. one. And two, I got to drive there. It's going to take me 10 minutes. I got to do this yoga class, which is an hour. And then I didn't notice the time. If you leave like hot yoga, you're the grossest human that's ever existed. Yeah. Like you're not going anywhere else. You're yeah. not going to the grocery store. You're not passing go and getting 200 bucks. You're literally just going to take a shower because you're awful. Drenched. Yeah. I'm like, well, this is a two-hour investment on my fucking day. I'm like, I don't got time to do this shit. But there's so many different types. And to me, it is a, if you can be mindful in there, which it's not the place for me, uh, it's like forced mobility. Yeah. It really is the best version of that. Truly. I do for lengthening and just to take the body through probably different ranges of motion or at least different poses and postures that you would not do. Or if you do them, you don't do them for as long. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. And it's like, oh, this is all the stuff I would never just be doing on my own. 
even I mean they're like yo their strength class. I'm like we're using three pound weights and I'm smoke puddles of sweat yeah. like dead. You know. Well, it's the same thing you do for your people where most people would never come do this awful shit by themselves because it's terrible. And I mean that in the most loving, positive way <laughs> where yoga is the same way for me. I'm not going to sit in a hot ass room and do these, these specific poses in this order, in this sequence, unless there's a goal and accountability and a coach there walking me through it. Yep. Same thing with what you do. Yeah. I dig it, man. Um, where can these guys, uh, where can these guys find you at? What do you... Where yeah, all yeah. the all the I'll put everything in the show notes too, but just uh, the website is optimizedhealthcoaching.com and it's optimized health coaching on Instagram. Straightforward. Nice. And you guys share everything on there? We share everything on there, tons of mindset tips, nutrition tips, kind of you know, brand swaps for the grocery store, navigating like everything we talked about. It's just giving out information. Just to help people be a little bit healthier. Exactly. 130 pounds, dude. Yeah. That's a lot. Did you send me before and after pictures? I did. Do you have some terrible ones? Oh, yeah. You do, don't you? It's funny. I have a text thread with my, like, friends and with my family where I'm like, they'll be like, hey, we found this one today from, like, five years ago, six years ago. Where you just look like. There are some. Not good. There are some rough ones. We've had a couple. The craziest, some of the fittest people we have here now were once, like, huge. Yeah. I I get it. I got a dude, he's a CFO of a hospital, and he was, like, 300 pounds. Uh, like, crazy, though, like, still, like, athletic mm. for 300 pounds. So you could, like, you could, you knew this person was in there, and now he does, like, Ironmans and shit. He's a fucking lunatic. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he was not. And now he's complete, like you, same thing, which is, it's cool to see. Yeah, because you fall in love with it. Well, it's this addictive the way I look at it for me, like I have an addictive personality, you do as well, whether yeah. you realize it or not, totally. like being addicted to fast food and eating it, you know, three or four times a day, every day for years, it just, all you did was harness that sickness and turn it into this positive, which is pretty badass. Yeah. Yeah. Before and afters are, uh, post those too. Post yeah. the one today, actually. Yeah. I'll, um, they're, uh, they're wild. Yeah. Send me a bunch of them. I'll stick them on here with uh, your burpees. Uh, yes, tomorrow I'll do shirtless <laughs> burpees. I we literally filmed them. Uh, we when did we film those? I think it was on. It maybe was last week. We filmed like I'll share it Saturday. What's tomorrow? Saturday. Tomorrow Saturday. Yeah, fuck it. It's like burpees. I think it's burpees and bear crawls. Because uh, we did this combo for Men's Health years ago, where it was like it's burpees and lateral bear crawls is what it was. Oh man! And it was back and Brutal. forth. So you do burpees for thirty seconds and then lateral bear crawls for thirty seconds. I think it was like a three minute segment. And you just kept going back and forth. And I remember this. And I could talk about this all day. Uh, I remember when we went on set. And I actually programmed that out because I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> but where the ones like were, if it was BJ or somebody. And I'd always look at him. I'm like, did you guys really do these workouts? Because I like, would have a hard time believing him because they're so awful. Right. And then I think about the stuff that I would do. And I'm like, well, it's just awful in a different way. Yeah. <laughs> but it's all. Yeah, I'll share that too. Yeah. Um, but thanks, man. This Thank is legit, you. dude. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. So I'll throw all his social handles and everything uh, in the show notes for you guys. If you want to check out the Instagram, obviously give it a look. Uh, and again, obviously take it from somebody who's lost 130 pounds, which is a rare, it's a rarity, but uh, you did it and you really didn't do anything that's crazy. Yeah. You literally did it the only way that it probably can be done. I mean, there's little nuances of sure, but all you did was just change these daily habits and slowly over time which honestly i think for sustainability is the only real way you can do it totally i dig it dude 
I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thanks um, for having me. You guys, again, uh, you can check all his stuff out there. And if you have any questions, obviously, you can hit him up. Just don't be a creep. Uh, nobody likes that. Again, if you guys want Athletic Greens, you want a sample, hit me up. I'll uh, send that to you. Otherwise, the site, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott. You guys get the year supply of vitamin D and the five free travel packs. I'll be back here. Shoot, worst case scenario, uh, maybe Sunday. Otherwise, next week, we got guests coming on here like uh, kind of crazy. But um, check out Ethan's stuff. Give him a follow. It's well worth it. Um, he gives a shit about it and obviously has lived it um, as much as anybody else has. So. I appreciate you guys as always. Um, if you're on Spotify, drop it a five star. If you're on Apple Podcasts, give it a review and five star. We would truly appreciate it and share it with a friend or family member, especially with somebody you guys know who is looking to start a health and fitness journey. Maybe they're looking to lose weight or they're maybe discouraged. They don't know where to start. This is, you know, kind of, you know, the proof is that it has been done multiple times and it is sustainable if you just slow it down and kind of look at the small habits as opposed to just the end goal the entire time. So until next time, you guys eat well, train hard, be nice to people. And please, you guys keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.